Welcome to Broad Ideas. Hello, people. Hello, Rachel. At least. And Rob. I got a hello. Hey. <laughs> Fucking Rob. <laughs> Look at his face when he does it, too. Do it again. He's a little weasel. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you try and keep Everybody straight. loves You try Rob. and keep loves. Loves. People have been writing in being like, can you do an episode where it's just you, Rachel, and Rob, please? Do you think people want to see Rob's feet? Obviously. Let's see those babies. <laughs> Got more and more requests. Okay. Let's okay. introduce. Okay. Speaking of favorite people, one of my favorite people, Jedediah Jenkins, a very old dear friend of mine. He's not Pretty young old. though, yeah. He's not old, but it's been many a years <laughs> that we have been friends. We have gone on epic adventures together, and I love him so much. He is joining us today. He is a best-selling author, a New York Times best-selling author, I should say. He's just a best-selling author. He's the best at being a selling author. He's the best at being a selling author. Correct. (laughs) His first book, To Shake the Sleeping Self, was a phenomenal read. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend. His new book, Mother Nature, just came out in November. What? Why are you guys being weird? (laughs) Anyways, let's just get Jed on because you guys are assholes. (laughs) Let's welcome Jed. (laughs) Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling round and round inside. Join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and kids and things. We'll talk about chicks and tampon strings. We'll talk about boys that make you cry. We'll talk about death because people die. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> You're my favorite person. Y- you seem to be everybody's favorite yeah. person. Whoa. I know. Uh, you know I, it's that. like a thing. It's you okay. You and your energy it's all right. and yourself <laughs> is the best thing in the fucking world. Um, I mirror that back to y'all. <laughs> is that what it is? Right. What do you think connects you to people? Because every time your name comes up over the years, yeah. you're like a god to people. They're like, oh, my very favorite person. And we're I, all in the church of Jedediah. Uh, yeah, what, yeah, what is <laughs> Okay, let me think about that. No one's ever asked me that question before. Let me <laughs> try to answer it. Yeah. I think that, A, it's a combination of, A, I'm naturally like a curious, friendly guy. Mm-hmm. B, I, a lot of queer kids, like when you, especially when you grow up in the South or a very like intense place. When you realize you're different, like for me, like seventh grade, when I really realized what it was, there was just a moment of like, this is all subconscious. I don't know I'm doing this, but it's like, you need to make people, you need to connect with people because the world is scary. Like Mm. you, you're in trouble here. You're at a Christian school, a macho football situation, like, and you're realizing that the word that you might be is the word everyone uses as an insult. Mm-hmm. So that's like a scary thing to realize when you're like 12. And so I think I really leaned into like, you need to connect with people and make them feel seen and make sure they see you. Yeah. And then you'll be safe because they'll want to protect you. 
I think that's me like analyzing my I mean, I yeah, I love brain. it. Yeah. So my brain became obsessed with figuring out like, how do you connect with people? How do you like make them trust you and you trust them so that you won't be like hurt? I love that's a guess. That. So yeah. that was my little child self trying to protect. You know, like anybody, I would say, I'm sure you've had lots of like comedians in your life or on this show and like people, and there's always like some root cause of their comedy. Of course. Whether it was being bullied, whether it was fear, whether it was the parents they were raised with, like it was like a defense mechanism that actually like saved their life. Yep. So, but also the church of Jed, LOL, is (laughs) I think for me, I think the reason I became a writer was when I like, when my brain turned on and I looked around the world and the world wasn't made for me and I was like naturally in trouble my brain became obsessed with how does the world work? Because mm. if I can actually predict how the world works and I can see the patterns of why society is built the way it is, why people act the way they do, what their motivations are, I can predict the world and therefore make it to where I'm okay. And I think that type of observation turned me into a writer. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because it made me have to think about it. Right. So deeply. Yeah. And you're a beautiful writer. Beautiful bone structure? Yeah. <laughs> and the words yeah. are fine. The face is great. <laughs> I know a few people that were at your workshop this week. Really? Yes. That yes. was so fun. Was it? So so this past weekend, dear listener, we had a <laughs> mind and body writing workshop, which my friend Ruthie joined me. She's like an embodiment meditation, like, She's she's dealt with chronic pain ever since the horrific car accident when she was young. And so she's like this embodiment coach, like unbelievable. But but she's very like ooh, Topanga Canyon crystals. And yeah. I am not that. So it was very a great balance. combo yeah. balance yeah. because yeah. I'm I'm very in my head and have trouble getting in my body. She's very in her body. So it was this really fun balance. And we had people come from all over the world. And we did this weekend thing and it was writing prompts and it was really, really <laughs> fun and cool. We want to go to the next yeah. one. I know. Why did, was I not the, know. Why, why did well, we not was, know? We <laughs> wanted to be there. Not, when I saw that, I was I like, wait a minute. It was in Highland Park. That's close. Yeah. Hello. I know. I don't get an next invite. Year. I don't get it. Well, next, I think what we want to do is one year in LA, one year in Nashville, one year in LA, one year in Nashville. We'll come to so Nashville. I know. Nashville's fun. Yeah, yeah. Nashville's great. Um, but I don't, it would be hard to do it more than once a year, once a year because it's very yeah. high touch, which is gorge, but it is very, and I would be curious y'all's perspective on this. It is very strange, energetically strange to be like in a room with people who adore you that don't, you don't know personally. Mm, yeah. Like that is not natural. And I don't, like, I love every one of them, but I don't like the way that makes me feel. I totally get that. Because it's like, I guess, like, what you take for granted in your life is when you're just, like, shooting the shit with your friends and someone's like, get your feet off me, they smell bad, or whatever it is, like, there's this, like, natural balance. Uh, Mm -hmm. When that imbalance is really strong, it just makes me feel, it throws me off. So I can't be in that a lot. I don't know how, like... Oprah lives. Well, do you think it has to do with, it seems to me that you're a very curious person, like you said, and through your writing, through your 
adventures, through all the things you've been through in your life, your curiosity seems to be outside of yourself. So then when you're in that situation, Mm. it's a lot being projected at you. And that's probably more uncomfortable because you're used to being the generous one. That is so astute. One thing that, (laughs) one thing that I find so fascinating is like, let's say I go to a cocktail party Mm -hmm. then I don't know anybody. It does not cross my mind that anyone can see me. I feel like a ring camera. Like I'm in there and I'm like, whoa, look at her dress. She looks amazing. Or like, oh my gosh, that person. I'm like fascinated by everyone else. And it doesn't dawn on me that I can be, I'm visible. Right. Where so many people that I know who have like social anxiety, they walk into that room and they think everyone's looking at me. No one thinks I should be here. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, why is she here? It would never cross my mind to think that. I, because I don't think I'm there. I know I'm there, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm yeah. not thinking about myself. Because right. you're, not, you're just... I'm just curious about yeah. the experience and everybody else, which makes me confident to do things because right. I feel almost like a journalist. Like they say, they say the, the power of a journalist's camera, you can be like in a war zone. And because you're looking at the war through the viewfinder, you don't feel unsafe. Because you're there to capture it. Right. And you'll walk towards an explosion because you're like, that's a good shot. Right. There's like a mm-hmm. layer where you're not there. Right. Whereas if you're just there, you're scared shitless. Wow. Well, it's also the purpose. Yeah. Right. So if you have purpose behind it or service behind it, you're going to be more comfortable. That's exactly. So this, my new book, Mother Nature, is about like my very complicated, hard relationship with my mother who I love Barb. and Barb, sweet Barb. And, and we have like blowout arguments and fights in this book that the, the only way I could have those, I was too chicken shit to ever talk to her about those things. But I committed to writing this book about our relationship. And I knew that I, there are things that I'm afraid to talk to her about that I have to for the book, right? which is for me. Right. Uh-huh. But I I wouldn't do it for just me. I would avoid it and la 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 move to California. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like get away <laughs> and not confront her. But because I had a book to write, it gave me a purpose. It was your life. Yeah. To, like yeah, you it was behind, my journalist lens. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. But yeah. a little backstory with it, I'm gonna, and it, we'll talk about that. And also your first book, which we'll get to as well. But um, maybe you can give a little backstory on you and Barb. Yeah, so I feel like this is not a unique experience. Like the generational gap of just your parents not understanding you or pressure to be something you're not. And that can create very painful rifts and it can like break relationships, especially for queer kids, but it can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like one of my best friends is, she grew up Orthodox Jewish and she didn't want to marry a Jewish guy. And it like has caused, she did, and she didn't, you know, she didn't marry a Jewish guy and have a baby by 24. And it's like been the trauma of her mother's life. Right. And that they, like the trauma of her life of just being a disappointment to her Jewish mother yeah. was like, and so it was so interesting when I write about my experience being gay in a Christian, raised in a traditional conservative Christian home, she reads that as a straight woman and is like, this is my story. Like, I feel exactly this. Like, my mother weeps about me. Like, Mm -hmm. all the things. So my mom, 
loves the Lord, conservative, Southern lady, very perfect. And, (laughs) you know, she just like, she's been praying since the day she asked me if I was gay, which was like, I was 21, I think. It didn't happen until you were 21. Yeah. She suspected it when I was like, well, my dad suspected it when I was two and asked her. And who? Yeah. There's like, I'm sure with kids in your lives, you've seen like a kid that was really young and you go, oh, that kid is light and fun. Like there's something (laughs) going on there. Or that kid is like melancholy and they're going to be Edgar Allan Poe. And they're like that from day one. Right. Yeah, totally. Born this way. Yeah. But the world in which she was brought up in and as an adult engaged was that that is A, going to give you AIDS and kill you. Mm This is the 80s when I was Mm -hmm. born. And B, not what God wants and is like an abomination and is the like, beginning of the end of the traditional family of the way God wants a family to be. This is like cutting at the heart of like, so it's just this like really ingrained thing. And the church is telling you that a kid isn't born gay. They're like influenced to be that way by molestation, by an absent father, Mm. by a blah, 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 blah. And so it's just a worldview that it, that is so different for her. And it's just been so hard and impossible for her to believe that this is not a choice and this is not me being seduced by the liberal coastal elites. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, that it's yeah. like, yeah. So, so anyway, I wanted to write this book because I have so many friends that have completely severed their relationship with their families. Mm. And, and it was exacerbated by the Trump era. Like right. I know people that that was the straw, like you're done. Right. And I, and so over the last few years, especially after Trump was elected, I had numerous people be like, your relationship with your mom is very interesting because we are very close. We talk all the time. I talked to her on the drive here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to hold fundamental, emotional, profound, important differences and stay in relationship and love. So incredible. Yeah. And we both think we're so right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. which yeah. reminds me of like the global political situation right now. Like, right. You're, it's so entrenched and everybody could put their heels down and just be like, fuck you. I don't feel safe. You've betrayed me, whatever it is. So that like that planted the seed of like, I don't even know why we're like this, but it would be interesting to try to figure out because maybe there's a clue or maybe there's some roadmap for other people who who feel activated. My my friend Ruthie taught me that. That's what she what said. Activated. Yes. Yes. Instead of triggered. Yes. Activated. Yeah, activated. I'm feeling. Oh, you and Ruthie. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, me yeah. and Ruthie uh-huh. are just. Yeah, that checks. But I yeah. think that's so true. Like, we just were so activated by all that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to analyze it and say, what what is this? And that's what this book is. What, so what's crazy to me is, obviously, your parents walked across the mm-hmm. country, okay? So you hear these stories, and you're like, that's so hippie-like. That's I so, know. They were hippies. Right. Hippies in a Christian Right. Well, they were like, belief. my mom was always so loving of the Lord, like, in seminary. <laughs> my dad was like, hippie, beard, Woodstock, whatever. Got it. But then in the, so in the 70s, my dad, this is like peak 
Vietnam, young people hate America intensity. Mm. And so he decides he's going to walk across America because he was complaining. (laughs) Well, he was complaining about how much America sucks. And some like older man was like, dude, you're from Greenwich, Connecticut. You don't know America. Right. Like, what do you know? You don't know real America. And it just like planted this seed in his head of like, I'm going to just walk across America and meet everybody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which is I so know. funny because that's like something I would do. I'm like, so well, you kind of did I know. on a bike, but I'm we'll get to my that. Parents <laughs> kid. But so he started doing that and he walked from New York to New Orleans where he met my mom who was in seminary at the time. But he was, you know, a, charismatic, lots of bravado. He walked into the National Geographic headquarters in Washington, D.C. because he loved Nat Geo. And he said, I want to take photos for you. I'm walking across America. And they were like, who are you? Go away. We're like real. And then as he was leaving, uh, they ran out and they were like, we changed our mind. Here's a camera. Whatever. So so my parents ended up being on the cover of National Geographic. It's like very wild. The wildest. Yeah. And... They wrote these really popular, famous articles, which then became, you know, hugely best-selling books. Like, it is such a huge deal in the year of our Lord 2023 for a book to sell a million copies. Who mm-hmm. knows if I'll ever do that? My parents' books sold 12 million copies. Whoa. Like, it was, like, insane. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. <laughs> Massive. You know, and they, they were, like, a love story for America. Love, love, love. And, you know, and then my dad was really the star and my mom was the sidekick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they moved back to Tennessee or they moved, they decide to move to Tennessee to raise a family. And my dad is off touring, speaking. My mom is raising three kids on a farm, you know, and then the marriage, like fame, the marriage starts to like fall apart. My dad's having a good old time with mm-hmm. whoever, mm-hmm. wherever. Mm-hmm. And the marriage explodes. But there, are, with the complexity is they're a famous Christian couple. Wow. And they're having like, inf- like it's the yeah, marriage yeah, is yeah. falling they're apart. They're having yeah. real life. And there's no, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. there's no wrath like Christian fans scorned. Right. <laughs> and so they're, it was this bloodbath of what, so basically their fame crumbled. Yeah. Mm. And my mom was left with the kids, my all the things. And so I grew up in this very weird, like, like Rome had fallen, like remember when we were, we had money and people loved us and now we're cutting coupons. And like, it was a big deal to like go to the movies and eat at Applebee's. Yes. So it was this really interesting kind of like feeling that I got from my parents. And it's very much instilled in me the belief that everything can go away. Yeah. Right. I guess. So like I, it's, I'm glad I'm like that, but it probably stifles me with relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, for example, like I am, I have no debt. I do not buy fancy things mm. because I'm just like, I need to make this money last. And I'm going to just live simply because tomorrow everyone could hate me. Mm. Like, cause that happened to my parents. It's like very interesting how these stories yeah. get I want to help you let that go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, let's let that one go. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so. 
What a way to enter the world, though. Yeah. Well, there's so many pros and so many cons. Sure. The pro is both of my parents were like adventurous writers who never had a normal job. I never saw my parents go to work. Right. They were, I mean, they divorced when I was very young, but grew up on a farm. They were just there. My dad was either writing or feeding the cows and they were around, which was really special. And as I was developing dreams of like wanting to be a Hollywood director or wanting to be a Disney animator or wanting to whatever, there was never like a, you can't do that. It was very much like we walked across America. We created a life that was very strange. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) So I very much, that's influenced me. I feel very free. Yeah. Yeah. So for this book, the, the, the framework of mother nature is I know so much about my dad's adventures and I've heard him speak and he's like, you know, had that fame. And my mom is like, kind of been like, oh yeah, I was there too her whole life. Yeah. And I did that too. And I co-wrote those books. And so I was like, mom, let's do a road trip and retrace your walk. I would love to see every town you were in. Mm. And she was like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought of that, nor have I been back to those places in 40 years. Wow. And then she goes, and look what I found. And she had a journal from every day of wow. three Are years. Are you kidding? Now, and she's like 30 years old. Like, how special to meet your parent oh in God, that way at, oh. at her 30-year-old mind wow. before you existed yeah. when she's in love with your dad and like all the things. And so we're just like driving from town to town and she's reading her thoughts from that day. When this, she's is in that town. this is insane. It was very cool. You know. It's Come very on. cool. Like I wanted. Yeah. So cool. Part of my intention was my mom is this like force of nature, which is where the title mother nature came from. Cause I, I, I was going to call it force of nature. And then I realized it's about my mom. And I was like, what if we call it mother nature, which is cute. Oh, yeah. And, and yet I was like, and she has so much power over me and I want her approval. And I just like want her to be okay with me and like, give me this like godly approval. And yet she's also a, a human. She's just a girl who got older. Yeah. Right. You know, like every mother, y'all included, is like you're you're just like a teenage girl that like got older and you're still you. It's and, right. all, and all this <laughs> and all of a sudden this child is looking at you. I mean, I've all, all my mom friends, they go, the craziest moment is when you leave the hospital with the baby. And you're like, wait, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. no one's coming with me. This right. is now I yeah. can just take this human home and now I have to keep it alive indefinitely. <laughs> like you're just a person. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get, I wanted to befriend my mom as a 30 year old, as me as an adult and know her as a human to almost like dethrone the power Mm. a little bit Mm -hmm. so that I could stand in my own strength. Right. And it worked. (laughs) (laughs) It made me love her more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It like took some of the charge away. Broad Ideas is supported by Vegamore. Real change happens when you're consistent and achieving the hair of your dreams is no exception. Thanks to Vegamore, sticking to my hair routine has never been easier and I'm finally seeing the results I've always wanted. Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. When it comes to seeing results, the key is consistency. I've made it a part of my daily routine for the last two weeks, and I am so happy with the way my hair looks and feels. For best results, 
use for a minimum three months for visibly fuller, healthier, and thicker looking hair. I'm so excited about the Grow Hair Serum. I have to tell you guys, it feels impossible for my hair to grow. Ever since I stopped breastfeeding, I feel like it just stays at the same length. But thanks to the Grow Hair Serum, I am seeing results, people. Having my monthly subscription of Grow Hair Serum, Vegamore makes it easy to stay consistent. When I sign up for a monthly subscription, I can get one bottle or three bottles sent. Plus, I save more and I never run low on the products I need to take care of my hair. Fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. Elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore. For a limited time, get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash ideas and use code ideas at checkout. That's vegamore.com slash ideas, code ideas to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash ideas, code ideas. Broad Ideas is supported by Thrive Market. You know, one of my favorite things about Thrive Market, I love finding options that we're used to, but you can feel better about giving them to your children. Like staying a little healthier, especially in the new year has been really important for me. And Thrive Market is my go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 20% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. It felt so good with my last order. I always like to buy my daughter the Annie's brand and Thrive carries it. I also saved in ordering it. It's our mac and cheese go-to. It's our cheddar bunny go-to. So happy to have it there. Also Bamboo Nature, I love their products and we were able to get that too. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash ideas for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash ideas. Thrivemarket.com slash ideas. Yeah, but what a cool experience. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I'm like, I wish I had been writing. Journals. I know. That's exactly what I, <laughs> I thought. Know, I'm like, like I'm going to start writing today to my kids. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's also like yeah, just all of it, just the whole experience and your relationship with your mom and your parents. And then even you being their child and going on your own mm-hmm. insane journey with To Shake the Sleeping Self, which was Mm. your first book, which is also fucking (laughs) mind-blowing what you did, which you're going to have to tell about that too. Um, But it's just what a cool—I just always look at you in your life, and I'm like, you're living the fucking most fulfilled, coolest life out of anyone I know. (laughs) Mm. I mean— I feel great about it. Yeah, (laughs) No, like just looking in, it's like—but the things you do, how you are as a person— the way you make everyone feel when you're in the room, like all of it, it's like that is seems like such a fulfilled existence. I don't know that you feel that way all the time, but I, I'm telling you what it I feel that way like. a lot. I oh, feel great. really great. great about it. I <laughs> I will say I had a really profound experience at the writer's workshop this weekend where this amazing trans man was there and he came up and I I one of the writing prompts was I asked everyone to write their obituary from the future. Mm-hmm. The obituary they want. Because yeah. mm. I, I like the idea of seeing yourself. Yeah. And he got up there and he said something which was very compelling. 
he goes, growing up and, you know, fearing my transness or whatever, I never thought I would be old. Mm. I couldn't because, because he was afraid of affirming his own gender. And so he was imagining himself in that gender dysphoric state. Right. And he was like, I'll, I'll, I'd rather die. I can't imagine pretending mm. to be a woman mm. and be old. Mm. So he's like, I have never thought about myself as an old person and I can't even imagine it. And he was like, wow. it has been so profound in this moment for the first time in my life to allow myself to imagine me being old in my truth, like mm. to just be old. I never, and I think, I think that something less uh, acute than that experience. But for me, this fear of when you're a queer kid, like in the closet, you're so, af I was so afraid of like living in fear and like this gotcha, mm. the, like the, the mm. fear of the gotcha when you're like a queer kid mm. is so scary because someone's going to find out, someone's mm. going to read your journal, someone's going to see your browser history and you're fucked and everyone's going to never talk to you again. And I just had such a fear of that feeling that I've like dedicated my adult life to like total transparency, mm -hmm. total freedom, total like pursuit of authentic integrity, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Because I'm like, that was the worst feeling and I'm not doing that again. Mm -mm. Right. And and you can condition yourself to do that. Even if you are being honest about your preferences, then you'll see that come up in other areas. Like, oh, I'm feeling mm -hmm. like a fraud in this area or I'm going to be yeah. found out. And that's something that you can really deeply condition yourself to live with. Mm -hmm. And totally. the fact that you're, it sounds to me like that wasn't given to you by someone else. That was your kind of intuition and wisdom that made that decision. I think so. I mean, it was my, it was my innate motivation to just, I'm an Enneagram seven. Do y'all know about the Enneagram? I do. Yeah. Uh, I don't it, know enough about it. I don't know. So the, the Enneagram is this, like, it's this, it's just kind of a fun tool. It's like a personality test mm -hmm. kind of, or like Myers-Briggs. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. There's okay. nine numbers. Um, I'm a seven, which is an enthusiast. Hmm. And so I just like, am excited about everything. Yeah. But so, and then each number is, it's interesting. Your expression of your personality is mirrored by a root fear. Yep. So, so much of who you are is actually rooted in a fear. Mm. And so like a three, which is an achiever, their, their number one root fear, their motivating fear is failure. And so populated on top of the fear of failure are all these personality traits that they're, they're vain, they're super successful, they're driven, they're this, they're that. And it's all you can, you can dial it back. Dial it their, all down. Yeah. So for me, my root fear is pain. Mm. So I'm always happy. If you're crying, now I've, I've done a lot of work around this. If you're sad, I'm immediately trying to make you happy. Mm. I'm like, we're jumping in the pool. Let's get naked. Yeah. Whatever it is. Like, come on. Because <laughs> I, I can't sit with you in your pain because right. it scares me too much. Wow. We're, that, yeah. we're someone who has a really comfortable relationship with emotions. They'll sit with you and cry with you. Right. Yeah. And they'll not try to fix you. They'll let you That's feel that. That's so interesting. It's really interesting. It's so but beautiful. it also brings, you know, because so we went to Africa together. Like. I can't tell you, like, oh, my God, I shouldn't. Anyway, we went to Africa together with tell. invisible children. And, you know, we saw some shit, right? Yeah. yeah. 
like mm. very serious matters and things that we were exposed to and 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 experiencing and everything but every moment like Jed was just bringing the joy the humor wow. the fun and it was the most memorable trip of our life because all I take from it mm. everything we absorbed which was so much and there's so much reflection from it and everything else but it was the happiest trip of my life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he's on the fucking bus in like the back skirts of like Uganda like, you know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. making everybody like, die laughing because it's fucking Jed. Yeah. But it, that speaks exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And that's my big, like one of the bigger takeaways was just being in your presence throughout that. And it was the most fun ever. Like playing games in the I fucking, know. you know, like. I love a game on a bus. When you have six hours. It's yeah. fun. I love a game anywhere. I mean, hiking the Nile with like alligator, you know, we're up there and whatever. It's just like the experience. We is really heightened. need to find like all the photos. I know Kenny has them. We just need to like. Does he? Because I don't full, have them. He has millions. I need them all. I do have a video of us singing to the girls' dorm that was built and like all of us performing. I have a little clip I'll show you. Oh, like, and we're making up songs and we're performing it and we're like on the boat on the Nile and we're reenacting the Lion King. Like, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like we have these videos yeah, let's go back let's go back oh my god oh my god but i do, i do believe that like there is a role for every type of person like, yeah like if you are just i mean this is why er doctors are they can have some of the darkest humor you've ever heard because mm-hmm. they have to be in the face right. of blood and guts all day and if they're weeping they, they can't, can't save you right and so like for i know that the levity that i move through the world with even, it is be, maybe because I fear pain, but it also gives you stamina to stay in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And You're not just like. It is a, right. it is an act of service. You see that in most, most people that have endured pain have a good sense of humor, yeah. at least from what I've witnessed. You go into a room of Alcoholics Anonymous and they'll be like, I want to die. And everyone just laughs. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's not that they're laughing at their pain, but they're laughing at the recognition of how hard it is to be human. Yeah, And we need those breaks. And that's like, Whenever we we'll get like really deep, and then Rachel will throw something in because I have so much trauma and pain. Yeah, no, but it'll be exactly what we needed in the moment to lift it. You know, it's that dance. It is. It's so awesome. Yeah, I. But it's that's the thing is I think one of the great gifts of having a community of friends where people have different strengths. Yeah. I mean, we're meant to live in a community of like different strengths. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes, and I don't know the reasons and I wish I did, people get siloed into like, you know, guys will just have surface macho guys that, and that's their, all their friends. Right. And they wonder why they're secretly depressed and they have no one to tell that to except their poor wife who would, you know, it's like, there's so much lack of this balance mm-hmm. where you have the different types of people to bring out the different sides of you. Like I'm such a believer that I am a different person and a different friend to every friend based on the alchemy of the combo of the two of us. Yes. You know, like you and I are going to get a different coffee chat than you and I, and I'm going to learn more about myself yeah. and each other because it's like that mixture is the delicious, unique experience. Right. Totally. And I, I wish everybody would, would do that more, but I don't know. 
You know, it brings up a question to me. I think that this book brings up one of the most important conversations we could possibly be having right now. And that's how do we love each other through our differences? Mm. Because the fact that you can still, you can have fundamental differences in your belief system, in your makeup, and as your mom, and you can still love her and accept her. And how do you do that? Because it seems like people are really, really struggling with this. And people are walking away from relationships where I think learning about the person and going, oh, that's their blankie, whether it's the church or whether it's whatever it is they believe in. If you see the why and what that's doing for their life, maybe you can be a little bit more accepting. But I'd love to hear how we as a society and as people can love each other regardless of our belief systems. Oh my, I love the image of, oh, that's their blankie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, you know, you see somebody who's like screaming about politics and whatever, and you're like, that's their blankie. That's like, their blankie. It is. I've seen so many people, because I grew up so religious, and I'm just like, religion is so stupid. And then people will deconstruct their religion and then become obsessed with politics. Totally. Or they'll deconstruct their religion and become yeah. obsessed with crystals or whatever it is. And yeah. I'm like, people just go, they just yeah. move the right. chess pieces around right. and create mm-hmm. the same thing. Right. Um, I would say that the reason that I can have a strong and lovely relationship with my mother is that I separated from her and built a community of safety Mm. to where I would not die if I lost her. Mm. And like, and I did this, it's funny. Like I think about when I was um, growing up in Nashville, I was, I knew I was like, I'm going to California or New York city, you know, cause (laughs) I want to get out of here. And that's like, it's so funny. That's like the stereotypical dream of like a gay kid or just like a kid with showbiz in their eyes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, the, there's some like background motivation of like, I want to go somewhere where I'm fully accepted mm-hmm. and where I can experiment and try things without the lens of this world that makes me feel crushed. Yeah. Like I want to go somewhere and not be observed by them. Mm-hmm. Try things. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And I, and what was so interesting is in high school, I knew that I was going to have to tell all my, I loved my friends in high school. I loved high school. And part of my like control everything is I was student body president. I was head of whatever. Cause I'm like, now that I look back on it, I was like, oh, I was trying to control everything <laughs> to be okay. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I need to tell all my friends that I'm gay before I move to LA because if I don't, they're going to think California changed me. Oh. So I need them to know now wow. that yes. I was this already. Yeah. And oh, I mean, I waited to the last minute. <laughs> before you yeah, two weeks before I moved to college. <laughs> uh-huh. But I knew that I needed to go. Oh, what I was going to say is I had this background hum my whole childhood that when people find out, you will lose everything. Hmm. So all, I was I, every experience that I had was colored with, once they find out, that friend will never talk to you again. Oh my God. Your family will disown you. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah, anxiety, feeling. like everything. There's a f- fabulous book I always talk about. It's called Far From the Tree. Hmm. Really recommend it. It's very big, but it's about how there's two types. This is a side 
tangent, but I really just think it's so important. There's horizontal identity and vertical identity. So like if if I'm white and you're white and we have a child, they're probably going to be white. And that's a vertical identity. Whiteness in America is an experience that we know what that's like. So we can pass that down. If you're Catholic and I'm Catholic and we raise our kid Catholic, that's a vertical identity that we pass down. Mm-hmm. If we're American, pass down. Mm-hmm. But we could have a child that is autistic. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what it's like to be autistic. And they then have to find a horizontal identity of find other autistic people that they can connect with. Yeah. So there's these horizontal identities are where a child is experiencing something and and is a part of a community that the parents know nothing about. Wow. Yeah. And the book is all about that. So it's autism, it's wow. blindness, it's wow. trans and queer, mm-hmm. it's genius. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Like yeah. everything. Yeah. Two C plus students could have a genius Einstein child and wow. they don't know what to do with that. that I need me. to read no, this I'm book. Just it's profound. My son has hearing loss and oh my, I learning have to, This I, book is yeah. so... Yeah, you're going to. And the author is gay, Andrew Solomon. And one of the things that he writes about is a a natural insidiousness of queerness Mm -hmm. is that it is a otherness that is discovered privately. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you're black and you're you're in a you look around and there's another black kid in the cafeteria. Boom. I'm going to go sit with them. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're gay, you start to think, what if I'm gay? And you're scared to be gay because that's bad. Right. So, and then you're like, someone calls you gay and you're now interrogating the way you move that you never thought about before. Mm. And so now you're scared to move. (sighs) And like, and you're scared to, if you see another gay kid, you're not going to go befriend them because then people are definitely going to think you're gay. So now you're bullying them to prove that you're not gay. Right. It's this very insidious situation that's all happening privately. So you don't even know who to talk to. Wow. And it creates this like cycle of shame. So anyway, this book is great. And he talks all about that. So I was trying to build, I I just had this innate sense of I'm going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. I, whatever, whatever. So I moved to California, you know, and made the most amazing life affirming, me affirming friends. And I just Mm -hmm. felt so good in the background of my mind being like, if I lost all of Nashville, I have LA, I have a chosen mm, family. Yeah. And I think a lot of people find chosen family when yes. they, you know, that's the hope. So with that strength, I like was able to, you know, come out to my family. My family, everyone's dope and cool with it, except my sweet mama. And <laughs> she, she, but she, she dies for me. She loves me. Of course me. she yeah. does. And by the way, her non-affirmation of my sexuality is her loving me because she believes deeply and was taught that it is a destructive lifestyle. Right, right, right. And right. so that is her loving me. She's in alignment with she her is, She values. is told it's exactly the same as being yes. an alcoholic. Yeah, right. And that yeah. I love alcohol, but it will kill me. Mm-hmm. And everyone in LA is telling me alcohol is your best friend. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. This is what she thinks. So just with a little distance and with a little that I was able to see that like my like I'm safe and so I can have this relationship with my mom. It still activates me, triggers sure, me, yeah. it still like upsets me, but I have my feet planted in my own life where I can like stand in my 
manness, my manhood, and approach her as an adult with boundaries mm-hmm. and love her mm-hmm. from a distance. Mm-hmm. And it really worked. Now, I will say some people have parents or family members that do not have my mother's tangential positive traits. My mom is hilarious. <laughs> my mom is sweet. My mom is adventurous. My mom is positive and will just exclaim every time she sees a deer or a sunbeam. You know, like there's like a brightness to her that makes her easy to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, some people, to, yeah, th- right. that is a that is a piece. And I don't want to like, I don't want to minimize that because, you know, like any traumatized person, my life is very compartmentalized. I can easily forget that she like has a lot of beliefs that I want to destroy yeah. and just enjoy her company. You know, yeah. that's a piece of it. That's right. a piece of it. But I think it's important that you're able to do that because it, look at, we're all asking for acceptance in different ways. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it seems lately a lot of people are asking for acceptance, but then also not willing to give it. Yeah. Right. And that's a tough thing to, we can't ask for something we're not willing to give. That's so you're so profound. That's <laughs> really that's really one of the things I wrote about in this book is that I'm asking my mom to accept a belief that she doesn't believe and love me in spite of her convictions and she, and in a way she's asking the same from me. Yeah. Right. That she's asking me to tolerate a belief that I think is wrong, mm-hmm. which is what I do with her. Right. Correct. And I remember it's amazing how everything in life is connected. If you like turn your neurons on, oh, I was yeah. reading about the constitution of the United States and like the founding of our country. Mm-hmm. And it, they were talking about civil society and civilization. And I was thinking about how the difference between civilization and civil society and utopia mm-hmm. is the word civil. Civil implies you do you, I'll do me. We won't. Civil. Shoot each right. other. Right. Right. Civil <laughs> implies we We're disagree. Civil. Right. Right. But we can still shop at Trader Joe's together. Right. We don't have to talk about everything. Right. right. But don't step on me. I won't step on you as mm-hmm. little as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of people think we're trying to find utopia where everyone has to agree about everything. And that's just not going to happen. And that's why it's called civilization. Correct. And so I'm just like, we need, let's, pers- let's be in pursuit of civility. Yes. Right. Right. Or else we will destroy ourselves. Destroy. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I know. That's actually brilliant. <laughs> Quite frankly. Yeah. And I think people need to hear it put out that simply. It is. It's because it's a simple explanation, but it makes so much sense. And yet there is so much important. There's so much importance around activism and fighting. And like you can see like things can backslide and we can lose rights. And I like know. Uh-huh. these things are real. Like the fight is real. Yes. But it's you've got to hold the world with both hands of like the people that you are fighting tooth and nail with are also humans with their blankies. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to protect them. Right. In spite of their blankie. Yeah. Right. Always. Right. And hope that they would do the same for you because we might not be right about everything. No. Even though we probably are. It's really really hard to accept, right? (laughs) (laughs) What did your mom think of the book? So this is interesting if you have any thought of writing a memoir about people that are alive. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll read it. And (laughs) they, 
if you have anything interesting to say, it's probably not pure propaganda cuddles. It's mm-hmm. like hard things. Yeah. And my mom, you know, my mom had a much harder time with To Shake the Sleeping Self than this book. Really? Because my mom spent so much time in the shadow of my dad and then was just, she had no voice and all of a sudden I had a big voice. And then she's, she's the, even though I'm talking about her lovingly, she is the foil, the the antagonist to my protagonist. Mm -hmm. And so... Before my first book came out, she was very nervous that people would hate her. Mm. Because, you know. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a conservative Trump supporter. Like, you go online and there's people that are ready to kill. Yeah. And so she was nervous. But my for that first book, my editor gave me this great advice, which was whenever you write about somebody, they're not going to like it. No. And so what you do is you give her the manuscript and you say, what exactly did I say incorrectly? What would you change? And you put the onus on mm-hmm. them. And so she went through and she actually didn't change much. She just changed a few wordings of things. <laughs> and by the way, her wording was like funnier or more brilliant. brilliant. So I was like <laughs> nailing it. And But then that gave her some agency over how she was represented, which was great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that is and great. And in this book, in that book and this book, my intention was, if I do my job well, mm-hmm. her best friends and she can read this book and perceive herself to be the hero. Mm, and I'm that. the belligerent narrator. Mm. Or if you're my friend, you can read this and be like, oh, Barb, get it together. Why are, you, why are we still fighting over this? Where if I've represented both characters lovingly and truthfully, you can choose your own adventure. I love that. Because right. that's reality. Right. And and it's actually not like, it's not wit wise. It's not good writing if like the villain is a caricature. In right. any writing. No. In yeah. any film, yeah, yeah, yeah. in any anything. It's not it's believable. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. Everyone has their reasons. Exactly. Right. And if Everyone. you can really make that compelling. And so that was my goal with this. And so mm-hmm. she read it and, you know, she's a little bit like, do you have to do you have to air all all our dirty laundry? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because because to tie it back, so much of the gay experience was I have no one to talk to. Yeah. Mm. And so at least with a book like this, you can take the cover off and just read it with the like blank cover and you can read that book wherever you are and be learning something if you're afraid to talk to somebody. Like yeah. you can have this conversation with me. Mhm privately. Yeah. Which right. I want to give that to somebody. Well, yeah. see, again, it goes back to the service. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the why. Yes, we have to air our dirty laundry because there's a people out there that need it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anyone in any sort of faith-based community can sometimes really get behind wanting to help people. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's whether you believe in it or not, if you really ask people to be of service, they usually show up. It's so true. Yeah. I, and I will say, like, because I was raised and in my 20s, like, so evangelical, like, <laughs> <laughs> like helping, you know, building houses in Tijuana, whatever. Nice. Was, it was, it was amazing. But there was also this, like, Jesus needs you to do this and like you better be doing it. There was this like layer of Christian guilt yeah. and this mm-hmm. and that. Mm-hmm. And then also you're like 
doing something nice for somebody. And then you're like, and this is, you know, the gospel. Now change your religion. And they go, we're already Christian. And I'm like, oh, like it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, so I have this like interesting, visceral, knee-jerk activation around like charity work. Even though I believe in it so deeply and it's so important, I can just feel like the motivation was tainted in some of the Christianness of some of the things from my early 20s, mm-hmm. which is part of why I was so drawn to Invisible Children is because mm-hmm. it was all service and pure friendship and not any proselytization. You sure. weren't like trying to convince anybody of anything except right. that war is bad. Right. Which was great. Um, but for me, the the purpose and the mission, like the person I'm trying to influence with my writing, I write for me when I was 22. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I'm picturing somewhere, somewhere in Alabama, there is a 22 year old gay kid. Mm -hmm. And that's me Mm -hmm. and wishes they could figure out who to talk to and they can't. And maybe they could go to Barnes and Noble. Right. You know, like I wish, I wish, I wish. And that that 22-year-old kid cannot imagine being in L.A. and 40 and having the job of their dreams with the friends of his dreams and the life of his dreams. Like, that that is not even possible. I can't imagine that. And it's like, right. it's real and it's coming for you. Right. Yeah. Which is so cool. But so it's I like, just want to yeah. tell him. Right. It's like when everyone's always like, what would you tell your younger self? You're literally. Like, I, I, I did. You're like, I just did. <laughs> yeah. And now it can help other younger selves. Yeah. You know? It's like. And that that also insulates me from trying to imagine the experience. Like, I'm not writing for, like, the amorphous masses. I don't know what they want. Right. I don't know what's important to a woman. I don't know what's important to a person of color that's living wherever. Like, I can't imagine that, but I can imagine me at 22 and what he needed. Mm-hmm. And maybe the universal truth of that will yeah. translate. Yeah, somewhere. but I think it could also be helpful for the mothers. Mm-hmm. that are in that situation sure. and to have a little bit more perspective and understanding what it's like to grow up as a gay man and what that life turns into. And I think it could also be comforting in the sense of like, it's not what you think. Yeah. You know, so giving them a little bit of perspective too, if any of the parents are struggling with their child's, you know, sexuality or any of it. I'm fascinated by the well i've had quite a few young mothers read this who have like babies mm-hmm. or like four year olds mm-hmm. and they were so moved by wow i hope my child wants to take me on a road trip when he's 40 like and wants to know me the way i am right now because this blob who is like sucking me dry <laughs> i can't imagine doing shit for me. <laughs> yeah. And then like is he going to even care what I was like now when I was cool and hot? Right. Like is he going to know that? Like right. that's really interesting. Right. That is interesting. Cuz it's also honoring for your you want your kid. But one thing that I think about so much is every generation has to go through the gauntlet, the majority of us, of the next generation believing something that we're not comfortable with. Of course. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm whether it's gay marriage for the boomers and then it's trans rights for the Gen X and young boomers or, I mean, even millennials, some millennials are like really stressed. And I'm like, what is the thing that our, that Gen Alpha 
or whatever is going to be so strongly convinced of that we're like, I'm sorry, I'm old school. I'm Can't old do school. It. Right. Yeah. Can't do it. And I have a theory. Well, I was going to say, it. what do, is it? Do tell. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I think that it might become very normal for people to have romantic relationships with AI. I was going to say, I know what? it has something to do with AI. Have you seen her? Yeah, That's of great course. Movie. Oh, yes. Where he yes. falls in love, love with right. Scarlett Johansson, the phone. The phone, yeah. I am convinced that yeah. that's coming and that that these kids, it might not be your kids, it might be your grandkids. Right. They're going to be like, Grandma, you don't get it. You don't get she's it. She's the love of my life. And you're going to be like, she's not real. No, see, like our reaction is like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking no, way. No, there's a way. And not only that, I think it's even going to go further as in our kids, it's going to be like, don't chip yourself. Like, don't become part computer. Like, yeah, keep yeah. natural. We're going to be human. so- Part computer? Yeah. Oh, it's I just went granny with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's all going to happen. Like, it's it's already happening. I can't. Like, the, <laughs> I, like I'm already like- And maybe, like this thing, I, I don't know. Maybe we should say don't. Maybe that's too far. But I don't know. Like, every time, every generation that- when you're the younger generation, right. and every time the older generation <laughs> says that, you're like, get with it. You're wrong. Get, right. it, get over it. Right. I kind of feel like adapt or die. That's how I feel. I do too. I do too. Like, I'm like, go with what's. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but but th- th- then sometimes there's the like, there's, you know, there's the old Mary Oliver in the woods who's like, your addiction to your phone is killing your soul. And it she's is. like, right. So I'm like, and then a young yeah. person's like, well, sorry, I love my phone. Right. And then she's like, well, you're wrong. And in that scenario, the granny in the woods is correct. 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 However, however, <laughs> Tell me. if we adapt, we don't know. It's just like addiction. Whatever brings you to your knees brings you to your enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And so the kids, the generations, they may need to fall into these patterns to create what's next mm-hmm. and to get back to that. Like, You're right. So it's part of the process of bringing mm-hmm. it back to the soul. And sometimes mm. it's us losing it that brings us back to it. Yes. And really seeing what's important by yeah. the juxtaposition of going too far. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm still granny. Prior's like, mom, I'm going to chip my brain. Well, they're know. doing it so that you could be a better athlete. So you could be a better student. Like they're, they're, they're testing these theories of what if you could be the best at anything humans are capable of doing. We actually are very, it's hard to say. I mean, they probably said this in past generations, but <laughs> in our generation, yeah, I think in the next 30 years, things could get real, real wacky. Like yes. I'm talking about full AI, whatever. And I'm also talking about bespoke, vaccines that cure all diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about they might be able to stop aging. They're, that's what my husband's work is, longevity. And they're all trying to figure out. It's not like the blue zones though. No, it's not blue no, zones. No, blue zones this is, is like. more like it, singularity type. Yeah. This is more like the reason that our <laughs> cells decay as we get older is like around after 50 copies, they start to like lose mm-hmm. information. And that's that's why they're wired to do that. But they can turn that off. Yeah. So like there's there's all these like um, but imagine- stem cells, all this stuff that Jeff came home from, we just went to a conference on stem cells and he came home and I was like, 
oh, I'm stem celling shepherd because my son has a chromosomal yeah. deletion syndrome. And they're like, there's ways to start replacing these genes. Wow. And we're just like, we're not there yet. Don't worry. Granny. Don't worry. Granny, <laughs> Granny's on the porch. But they're coming up with these wild ways to regenerate. I know, but imagine in 30, 40 years, yeah. we'll still be alive and probably... Even without crazy, crazy stuff, our generation is going to live probably longer than ever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're going to hack human cells and be like, oh, actually, you can live to be around 250 or maybe indefinitely. And then imagine like the moral cascade of what that means (laughs) is so scary and weird. But like, why would you... What's the? Isn't there a movie where someone just like keeps? Oh, there's tons. There's like, there's like I a know, lot. T- you know, all the things that we imagine in movies are just going to eventually come true. They yeah, are. If we can Hello. imagine it, yeah. I mean, when you <laughs> you go back to look at like Back to the Future or like yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is, or even talking to someone on fucking Facetime, like you can yeah, scream. You can. Yeah, well, we're the Jetsons. But it's here. Yeah, we are. The Jetsons predicted everything. But like, it's just that alone is still granny. I like, know. 80-year-old granny, just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, a car is going to fly, or it already does, or something. I know. Well, I mean, we get so accustomed to things. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm walking through my house, and I say, Alexa, what's the weather today? And she oh, tells yeah. me. That's true. We yeah, we don't, I don't even think. That flinch. feels totally... It's totally Not cool. I'm just like, Alexa, do something. Every day. Yeah. I'm like, Alexa, my kid asks questions, Alexa answers. But like even I don't me know in high school would have thought that was so futuristic. Totally. It's, it because is futuristic. It is. <laughs> because it is. It's, it's totally nuts. futuristic. I guess what they didn't really warn you is that when you live in the future, it's normal. It's just right. like you said about having kids. It's the yeah. same thing. It's going to be you just there. Yeah. Right. You know? Oh, my it's God. I'm having a blast. I hope this is a 10-hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> It no, is, no. This is going to be a weekend retreat. <laughs> it is. This is our own retreat. Right. <laughs> yeah. What's our prompt? <laughs> yeah. What is our prompt? I feel like prompt? Jed would be the perfect person for questions. Would you do it? Wait, uh, what, no. what are you saying? I just feel like you should do a little retreat with maybe just a little of us. No, oh, she's like, don't wait a year. We need it. Yeah. Now. I don't know if, if you should wait a year. Well, my I'll, one request is can it be in it this could backyard? Be here. Yeah, it could be here. Yeah. It could backyard. be here. Yeah. Backyard yeah. is yours. Okay, great. Seriously. Yeah. Because we're both writing and I think it would be really helpful to have some. It would be helpful. And honestly, I'm workshopping like my next book. Yes. So it'd be kind of fun like to get a little writer's group together. Yeah. Yeah. And we just have a weekend where we just like drink (laughs) coffee and then move on to drinking wine. And we just like, (laughs) we have a dry erase board and we're like, just what are we doing here? And what are we working on? What are the tips? I'm totally down. That sounds really fun. We'll curate it. it. We'll help. Yeah, it and we'll do just like a little weekend. Well, retreat. let's be the new little, the new literati, you know, like yeah. Paris in the 1920s. Why, uh, why can't that be us? Why can't that Pasadena be Pasadena in the 2000s? I thought you were going to say Paris in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> Paris Hilton in the early 2000s. <laughs> Can we get that? Yeah, vibe? yeah, yeah, yeah. I love That's that vibe. vibe too. That is a vibe for what sure. Were, what, what were the um. <laughs> like one oak or whatever, like all the oh my all god, the yeah. that we go to. Oh, yeah. for sure. What? Let's also do that. Let's also <laughs> let's also revisit. Let's write in the day culture. and then Paris it out at night. Oh that would be god. a really fun weekend where we all that dress exactly in that fashion and we hire fake paparazzi <laughs> and we go to all these clubs and just recreate it. Well, yes, and then and then recreate <laughs> shot for shot famous photos from let's that time. Do oh. It. 
Who's getting out of the great, car with no pants? That's what I'm saying. All of us. Me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great coffee table book. It would oh, be a great be, coffee Okay, wait. So can fun. I give you a side note? Yes. Yeah. I want to throw a party. Y'all can help. Mm-hmm. I think the funnest party idea ever yeah. is maybe for a birthday, you get 10, 15 of your friends and you get a big house up in Big Bear or you rent mm-hmm. a house yeah. and you're together for a weekend. Yes. But mm-hmm. you set up cameras everywhere and then you set up a confessional room. <gasps> yes. Okay. <gasps> like and, Big Brother. And like Big Brother. And what you do is you just have the funnest weekend, but cameras are rolling constantly. But there's a confessional room and you go into the room and so and I, you task everyone to make up a fight with someone. <laughs> but but the person you're fighting with can't know. They don't know. Oh my God. So you're saying, can you believe what she just fucking said? And then 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 you hire an editor to go through all the footage and construct drama out of nothing so brilliant and it's all based on the the interviews and the confession thing and so then nobody knows what anyone said <laughs> you're just having a fun time everyone's getting drunker and drunker and then like three months later you just get the the vimeo link or whatever oh. and it's an episode of a reality show and that you're is all in it genius. wouldn't that be the funniest it would party be favor of your so, life yeah but See, you could have that as a just... company <laughs> like people would be like oh it's a bachelorette we're yeah. gonna do oh my God, the reality thing what did it be so cool? Com- Let's start it. Genius. It is. Ge- See his ideas, but like the thing is, is he'll actually do it. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna. You know, like no, no, he'll that actually has to do happen. it. It has to happen. I mean, we're there. What we're coming. It, I know. What you have? But will like, it ruin friendships for life? Laugh. No, because it's, it's not fake. real. It's yeah, you're so acting. Genius. But what if we touch on some real things? <laughs> there would have to be some ground rules. <laughs> there would have to be. Yeah, Rachel's like, and that. I would probably. Yeah. And that time she fucking stole my boy. That person's getting too real. Yeah. That person's gonna gotta reel them back in. <laughs> Too real. It's gotta be like she used white napkins on a black tablecloth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That really upsets me and it's triggering. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just obsessed. You come in and you go, Rachel's really offending me. She's saying the most fucking crazy things. And then the editor scrolls through and just does a super cut of, of like, random whatever. things you're saying around the house. No you're like, the balloons context. are great. It would be so, that editor would have, I think, the funniest time of their life. Oh my God. That would be amazing. That is so good. See? I'm telling you, that's a whole company where people would be like, I'm doing that for your birthday. It's like for- the murder mystery party. Yeah. yeah. 2023. Well, you could probably actually get an Airbnb that you own and have set it up for that. Like rent this house for that because the cameras are there. It's already set up. And you would decorate it like one of those horrible reality show houses where like the the pillows are bright pink and and they're like everything's ugly. Yeah, and bright and like yeah, 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 and like sterile. Why are they all like like fluorescent? Why do they? Because it's a soundstage they build to look like a house. And then people would love it because they've seen that so many times that they'd be like living in it. They they they'd get their moment of fame. Can we do a version of like Love Is Blind though? Do you have do you watch that show? Of course. Wait, but how? Yeah. I don't know. I just, they just thought like, it would, we got Wait, I'm like, halfway through this season. Have I haven't, no, season? I'm only on like the first, I haven't gotten past like maybe the second episode. Well, the, <laughs> is it? This, yeah. Oh my God. It's so awkward. It's so cringy. But Ugh. of course I love it. Of course. I just I can't love watching. What, what is so interesting is this is a wide ranging interview. That's what, what I have that's what we like. here for. I love that that I can turn that show on and I can be doing other things. I can be scrolling. I could be also yes. watching TikTok and watch that <laughs> show because it's like, yeah, 
Who cares? It's just, it's just there. It's insane. Where Because there's different layers of things to watch on TV. Like some shows, you need to be in all the way in. Yeah. Yes. I, I actually really love a good dramatic show that is in another language. Because it forces me you have to, to pay attention to, pay to read it. Like, yeah. I'm a millennial, borderline Gen. Even though I'm an elder millennial, I have uh-huh. the personality of a Gen Z, and so I just like it's very hard for me to focus on a TV show. Yeah. So I have it has to be in another language because hmm. then I'm. I get it. Very. You're forced. Yeah. I'm a little bit the same. Yeah. Who yeah. was telling us that they're really into watching Korean soap operas? I My do not is. know. <laughs> Korean soap operas. It's like a thing that people do. She's they so get into, really into it. Russian, Colombian, foreign, Korean, like because she just blasts through everything, and then she's like, "Well, what now?" <laughs> oh, wow. there's a whole other country here producing the most D level. It's amazing <laughs> soap operas you've ever seen. Got to get addicted. Got to get addicted. Can I just tell you the best movie I've seen in like five years is called The Handmaiden. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. It's Korean. Okay. Okay. Remember when? Um, how embarrassing. The iconic director who directed Parasite, Bong. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. He said when he won the Oscar, like, finally the Oscar voters were able to get over the one-inch barrier of subtitles. Like, right. the giant one-inch barrier. Yeah. It's like, imagine. Imagine. But, so there's just, like, the Korean cinema is so amazing. And there's this movie called The, called the Handmaiden. Mm-hmm. It is so profound really and good yeah it came out in like 2016 i'm like you know like there's movies and then there are films yeah this yeah. is a film yeah and yeah. it's so beautiful i can't recommend it enough I'm gonna not the handmaid's tale it's not anything no 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 right the, the handmaid. handmaiden like you will it. watch it like this parasite was hard for me it was so intense it this is less intense but same still in Still something, something. Okay. It's well, a little so, You intense, need something, something for yeah, sure. Yeah, it'll keep your attention. But it was just very, I felt very, ooh. Oh my gosh, you I know. You watched Parasite, right? I didn't. Oh. I know. Oh, it's edge of your seat. I, I need to get it together. It was. <laughs> I need to watch more film and television. I watch, I mean, when I have time, I watch A Lot of the Spine because I mm-hmm. have time to sit and focus. Right. Yeah. It's very fun though. No. I don't know how we're translating that to your new party company, but we are Oh yeah. Now. I don't either. Well, so you don't know who's there, and you just talk to each other through. But home. you know each other's voices if it's your well, friends. Maybe it's people that aren't that close friends. I don't know. Okay, whatever. You switch We're- groups. <laughs> you go to other people's parties <laughs> instead of your own. Oh, you that's know? interesting. What yeah. if you had two different parties, but there's a side quest where you have to figure out you have to go something or like prank each other. It could get really elaborate. We I mean, could, yeah, I think we should. This is just the beginning. But also fun. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Plotting people's chaotic weekends. Plotting, I love it. Like massive fights, by the way. <laughs> I know. It could go south, but we got to try. No, you do, try. you'd have to do ground rules of like, please don't touch on anything that you know would be like, activating. Would be activating. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Activating. Mm-hmm. So it's such a helpful term. It really Isn't is helpful. It? She has a lot of, I feel like Ruthie and her have probably yeah. a lot of the same terms. Probably. She's very God helpful. Bless your ministry. Yeah. God bless yours. Yours. The I need you to talk dead. to the listeners about olive oil in your coffee. Yeah. So Rachel got me a latte. And <laughs> you're looking this at it like thick yellow. Like, it couldn't so, look worse. It looks so creepy. It looks so gross. It looks like someone peed in the top of your Oh, God. But I don't know why you got olive oil in my drink. Are you meant to shake it it up? 
I think I you are. Did. It was an accident. But you know all because you know oil. Technically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very famously, yeah. doesn't mix. Right. Very famous. You know saying. oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very famous saying. Yeah. You know oil. It doesn't. Uh, it was an accident because they offer. What is the like new line of olive oil drinks? And I accidentally clicked that because I was like doing the pr- before order because I was like, uh, oh, you did it online. You did I didn't it accidentally just ask for say. it. No, I didn't accidentally but, say. But it tastes Give great. me an olive oil coffee. It tastes Would you great. get it again? Um, Interesting. Interesting. Here's the thing. Maybe. So only is great because, too strong a word? No, this <laughs> tastes delicious. Okay. However, I don't know only because of the way it looks, but it is a great way to get some healthy fat into your coffee. But my question is, because it's separated, are you just tasting the latte that you ordered? <laughs> and then you get to the bottom and it's just thick olive oil coming up your straw? That sounds terrible. I'm like, this tastes delightful. You're like, that's your latte. <laughs> that's the part the that you ordered. Yeah. Your straw is hitting. You know oil. <laughs> you know oil. You know oil. <laughs> Wait, you oh do. I do. I know yeah, exactly what you're like- talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay. Oh, it's okay. so good. I don't know. I probably wouldn't order it again. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the real that's, truth. That's the truth behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. When she said I accidentally ordered all the oil <laughs> in your drink, I was like, how does one do that? I, I know that's you're me. Like <laughs> So so weird. They I added shoelaces to your latte. I'm so sorry they're in there. It's just I don't know. I, just, I didn't even know they offered that. I'm it's dying. just you know. Oh my god. Oh, what would you stuff. do if you found a dead body in your hotel room? Oh, nice pivot. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Pain, uh, trauma. Am I waking up to the dead body? I need a little more. Like if I'm checking in, then I would complain. How would you complain? I would be like, ah. Uh. Not I would run or scream. I would complain. I would complain. <laughs> I'd you like to complain, Bob. Yeah. Uh, do you have one of those little cards? I have. I'm crying. I'm crying. I have feedback. Yeah. <laughs> I have feedback. Paint the picture a little more. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, if I okay, did you see that show, The Flight Attendant? Yeah. I haven't watched, watched it. TV. Okay, yeah, you I did. Thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I feel like in the first episode, this happens yes, to her. Yeah. She wakes up to a what? dead man in her bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In her bed? In her bed, and that's like the that's the that's okay. the hook. Okay. Because it's a good, she like it's a good show. She has like you know a drug problem or something, and she like. Went Black a little out. while. Oh, out. So, so it's like, what did I do? So that's oh. a scenario where, what did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? If I didn't know the See, person, the yeah, yeah. I if am. I didn't know the person, <laughs> hmm, it would vary. Like if, it, <laughs> like if it's someone, no. <laughs> uh, I would, I think I would feel so confident of my innocence yeah. that I would complain. immediately run. Complain. <laughs> no, I would complain. 
I'd be like, there is a dead person in my bed that I did not order. <laughs> not order. Your breakfast card you leave out on the I'm like looking for the card. <laughs> Can y'all come clean this up? It's smells. It's the best answer we've gotten oh so far. God. Oh, oh my God. God. That's Jen, so you good. fucking kill me. I don't know what I would do, honestly. <laughs> but the fact that you take the time, you know, if you had to adopt a celebrity, who would it be? The, and they live in my home. Yeah. Yeah. They're yours. You adopt them. Cute. Well, Kevin Hart would fit. I have a very small okay. house. <laughs> Let me think. Let me think. Who do I want just around in my home? Yeah. I mean, Maya Rudolph came to mind. Oh. I, Amy Sedaris. Yeah. Like someone yeah. that's like, wants, what yeah. a dream. What, what a dream. A dream. You want to be like, what a hold on for one. You want to like get <laughs> yes. into it. Yeah. yeah. I want to laugh. Yep. I want to have deep talks. I just feel like they could like. Nail it. Jennifer Coolidge. I feel yeah. like it would be a delight. Oh, God. Yes. That would be a Like imagine one. doing life I'm coming her. over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dream. That's dream. perfect. That's a great answer. All right. What can you say during sex that you can also say at the dinner table? I'm so self-conscious during sex. When I, like, I want to be like a hot talker. talker. Yeah. But the, the moment I say something, I, I'm like, wow, I am so embarrassing. Like, <laughs> it is so emba- embarrassing. I, because that nature that I have of the 30,000 foot view, yeah. I, the, the best part of sex is the oblivion of self where you're just like lost yes. in the moment. Yes. But the moment I speak. Yeah, you're out. It takes you out completely. I'm like. Imagine what you look like from a distance. This is so embarrassing. So I. <laughs> I mean, I want that in my mouth. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. We haven't had that we one. We haven't had that I one. I want that in my mouth. Or I'm I'm about to eat that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to go to dinner with you and and, oh my and your food comes yeah. and you just look at it. I'm about to eat that. <laughs> yeah. And then I hope that. someone walks by oh and you say the that. same thing. I'm yeah. about to eat that. I'm about to eat that. Yeah. Oh my God. See, you got a taste of Jen. Yes. Aren't you grateful? Yes. I belong to the church. <laughs> I'm, I'm a devotee. We are all devotees to the church of Jen. <laughs> Oh my God, I love you. It's been a long you. time. I love you so much. I'm so happy that you have come back into my life. Not that you ever were like gone, but like we didn't see each other. I know. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. And <sighs> but, it now needs to... S- That's yeah. actually... I'm such a big believer. I'll never forget my friend's therapist. She was like... She was like dating the wrong guy or like trying to whatever. And she yeah. was like so in love with him, but he wasn't right for her. And the therapist said, never disrespect a connection. Ooh. And just what that means is like, it is so hard to have a cosmic connection with someone. Yeah. The timing might not be right, whatever that is. Yeah. And I feel that with friendships too, where it's like when you're living this life or whatever, and when the universe brings you together for a moment and you're just like kindred algorithm souls where yeah. you just like fit, and then life takes you over here. It's so fun that you found each other because you know like that a certain type of algorithm is not temporally based. Like- mm-hmm. You could not talk for 10 years and it's boom, you're back. Yeah. It's the best. Because yes. you're in the same river. You know, and we we have yeah. friends that were based on circumstance and time where mm-hmm. you had a moment and then you both grow apart and then you see them again. And there's like nothing to talk about except 
the time you were together. Right. Yes. And that's right. fine too. That's, but that's a but di- that's yeah. a type of soul. That is a type. But of there song. are certain friends where you yeah. can see them after like years, and yeah. it's just and like, I did not let you go. <laughs> yeah, click. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that feels so good. Yeah, yeah. So those good. are the really those are the connections that are really special. Yeah, they're life giving. Yeah, you're life giving. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love you so much. We're so excited, Mother Nature. Yes, everybody. Mother Nature, it's out wherever books are sold. So. If read you, it. What's your favorite? You want to listen your, to it? I read oh, it. I'm you do. Horrible. You're doing the. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so. awesome. And I do my mom's voice. <laughs> <laughs> not, not extremely. I do it just a light. Do, can you, you give us a little it, yeah. taste? Well, it's just like I talk like this because that's like <laughs> that's you know, her. just give it a little twang, a little vibe, so a little you know, because a lot of the book is conversations between us, yeah, right, and like blowout fights. So you have to do both sides. <laughs> well, and it was very like there are chapters in here that I did. I wasn't even able to edit them. Because they're so activating mm. that I wrote them once. And then couldn't And I was like, I that can't was it. Yeah. see this again. And my editor did it, thank God. And he did right. a great job. Right. And so the, the next time I read it was doing the Audible book where I'm doing the characters. Wow. Mm. But having a purpose of playing both roles and do, having the purpose of doing it helped me do that. I but it was still very like. Yeah. There's a certain type of sweating, mm-hmm. like emotional sweating mm-hmm. that is different. It's like more like grimy or something because you're just like your whole body's gently just like stressed. It's mm. a trauma response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But, but so yeah, anyway. therapeutic for sure. But the book is also fun and funny. It's not trauma. Well, it's you. So yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. It's like the it's whole. Like, that's how it's, you take it's life. life. It's, it's, yeah. It goes up and down. It's a, <laughs> well, I'm so You know okay. oil. Yeah. <laughs> you know oil. <laughs> you know oil. That's the tagline for this episode and from now on. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to text you every you once in a while. A, well, you need to re-record that you're going to order that every day and get that damn oil to sponsor this show. There you go. Yeah. And you that's know, hard it's hard to It's like, you know oil. You know oil. You know oil. Yeah. No, just randomly it's going to get text. You know what could be a fun you know oil question what is, is that? <laughs> what doesn't mix? Mm. Which could just be like, what's a non-negotiable in your life? What doesn't mix? Like for me, it's uh, people who are always late. Oh, I can't stand that. Mm. Like. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hmm, this friendship isn't like, going to work. Uh, I, punct- oh, I thought I'm you were punctual. being like, oh. No, no. no, no. She's punctual. Oh, I'm yeah. punctual. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more like, mm, that's, see, cosmic mm, 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 soul mm, connections. Yeah. I or, just like. We're never late. No. No. On timers. We're on timers. But it's, but what I've. I, I actually want to get in the mind of someone who is always late because I'm like... Me too. Because some of my favorite people are always late. Right. Really? But their brain is like not calculating something that I don't know Correct. what it's not calculating. Right, right. I don't yeah, understand what is it about someone's it. brain. I, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. There's someone who's... And they're, and they're just like... Their their flight at LAX leaves. In oh my god! Yeah, oh my god! And they're in that Pasadena. I can't. And I'm like, I can't. How are you not stressed? Yeah. No. And they're like, I am stressed. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, but I'm not dressed yet, so yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I just cannot. KB was always like that, and probably still is. Like she's she does not want to get to the airport early. I can't. Oh, I have really? to be early. It no, I don't need to be there three hours early. No, but One like hour. enough but time I, to feel I not stressed. I don't even want to have to walk with a slight brisk pace. Right. I just mm-hmm. want to stroll. Yeah. I want to time it I'm to where you. I'm only strolling. Yes. Strolling is key. I always wonder what are they doing that I'm not? 
because no, I know I'm like, people that, I know I, I have know to people... be there at this time. I'll shower, get ready. Yeah. Pa- right. Like, what are, what they, are doing? they doing? Yeah. Like yeah. what's, I know. But I, I know people as far as flying goes, they're like, well, there's always another flight. But I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. People I've are... missed a flight for the first time in my life, but it's because I got the time wrong. Oh. But that felt horrible. I'm like, I'm always yeah, early, I was surprised ready. you missed your flight too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was the air. Surprising. Airline, but, you know. it, it happens, like, you got the time wrong, like you read it wrong or you just remembered it wrong? No, she, they didn't. They changed the time, but didn't uh-huh. send me an update. Are you sure? Well, so you I'm didn't positive. get the time wrong. They I got. didn't get the time wrong, but it still felt bad because I'm like, what did I miss? They normally like did text it, you or email. They didn't. Huh. I know. There's certain things that are evil. Like, <laughs> I was at an airport and they, they delayed the flight two hours, two hours, two hours. I'm in the airport. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go. I don't even know what I like, you know, those like in airport massage places, like express spa or whatever, where they're like, your face is in that hole and you're on display for everyone to get a background. (laughs) I've never done it. Well, I have. And (laughs) I'm doing this and that, but did you know that when they delay a flight two hours, they can, if they can figure it out, they can bump it right back up instantly. Oh, what? No. Yeah. Oh, it's not. No. The delay is not it's guaranteed. Not if they can figure it's it out, boom, they can bump it back. So <gasps> you better not go anywhere. Oh, wow. You, you better not be maximize right your time. They might bump it back and say, oh, we're back. That's no. We're beginning boarding. So I was like. In, face down. I, I was so. <laughs> and well, what it was is I was like, I'm going to take a nap. I'm like dead. And I like fell asleep and I woke up. The fl- plane left. <laughs> oh, so be my aware. God. Be aware. That is very, there, very aware. That is a fair warning. I did, was not aware of that. <laughs> no, no. I've learned bit. so much today. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I love you. I love you. Thank you, Thank for, you for having sharing me. So much. And coming and if you ever need someone to answer your questions, you're, respond the, you're to our them. guy. I think you are just our go-to. Yeah. Like we're going to bring you in. Yeah. Every, like once a month, whatever, yeah. whenever you're available. And we're going to just have you do these questions. <laughs> yeah. Fun. It's my favorite. That'd be so fun. No, you're the you are the person to answer. Yeah, <laughs> done. Yeah, or just like a and little like, side segment sometimes. Yeah, it'll be oh, a yeah. side segment too, where we workshop our questions and we see. Oh, you know, question workshop. That's yeah. Good. We have so many. I feel like you would really get into it. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, and then people can also write into us with their questions, and you can answer them. This is my dream life. Yeah, yeah. I know. Isn't well, it? you're living it. Yeah, it's okay, happening. Great. <laughs> it's okay, happening now. <laughs> Feels good, right? We you know. Love you. Don't ever leave. <laughs> Don't ever. You. I just heard the door lock. We can't. We can't <laughs> cut the cord. I know. I'm taking the stem cells from this umbilical cord. Oh are God. you? Are you? And I'm talking about longevity. Them. Yeah. You know what you should do with this episode? What is? You should go on today's episode. We talk about and then just list longevity. The things like dating AI, longevity. <laughs> Family relationships, hiding dead bodies. Just like to give people like a clue of like where we're headed. And you're like, what? Oh my God. And we walked across America. (laughs) And Africa. And Africa. I mean, mean, you didn't even say you rode your bike from Patagonia. Oh yeah. So my first book, my first (laughs) book. Sorry, wait. So my my parents walked across America. and, And then I was inspired by them. When I turned 30, I quit my job. Because I was like, I want to be a writer. That's my dream. But I don't know what to write about. So maybe if I go on a big adventure and I'm a bad writer, at least the adventure is interesting. So I quit my job and rode my bicycle from Oregon to the bottom of South America for a year and a half. 
Do you believe that? About it. That's so insane. Do you believe that? <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, I do. I, only I know, because, because now you know. Yeah, because I, know. I believe it. But I know. I mean, so cool. So that that's a fun adventure. Yeah. That is a fun I mean, adventure. <laughs> so, I so probably will so, never do so it. So read but, to yeah. Shake the Sleeping Self. <laughs> And Shake then the now read Mother Nature and and then read and Mother get Nature. into Jed's mind a little bit because everyone should live there for at least it's a, a portion of their life. It's a nice yeah. place. It is a nice place. Good. Anyone should stay a while. <laughs> Airbnb. Caffeinated. You might have. <laughs> there might be confessionals in there. <laughs> I'm so excited for the confessionals. I know. Okay. Yeah. I know. We have. Okay. We love you. Okay. Right. Love okay. you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Hi guys. So we haven't seen each other. Well, we haven't seen Rob yeah. um, since the holidays and stuff. How was your holiday? It's good. Was Seattle rainy? Uh, yeah, it rained quite a bit. Why'd you go to Seattle? The food? Why wouldn't we go to Seattle? So what do you got against Seattle? Nothing. Just she just wants to know why that was like. The most people are like, oh, I went to see my uncle Barry or. <laughs> um. Does Rob have an Uncle Barry? Because that would be amazing. No, we've got friends up in Seattle that, and we've been trying to go to Seattle for a while and wanted to go somewhere for the holidays that wasn't home or to see family. Oh, got it. So we looked at where we could get flights out of Burbank too. Always a oh. wise decision. Always a good decision. Except our flight was two hours delayed on Christmas Day. It was? That's always going to happen. Around yeah. that time, you think because of the holidays or what? It was weather. Uh, it was, the plane was just usually like coming weather. In. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just mean around that time because of the the holidays season. usually fall in the season winter? of winter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got it. <laughs> okay. And yeah, so we went up there, and you had good food. I would imagine a ton of good food. We had a very full schedule. Uh, yeah, we, we saw, saw your schedule. Rob sent us. <laughs> A full breakdown of their schedule. It was like itemized and <laughs> organized and in columns, like a proper chart. I've never seen anyone travel like that. Never. Yeah. Well, we I had re, I had put on social media uh, requests for recommendations of specific things. So like, where should we go to lunch? Where's nice dinner? Where's coffee? Where should we take the kids? Starbucks. <laughs> we got a lot of people who said Starbucks. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Um, so then we, I put it into an Excel doc, and then how does Natalie feel about that doc? Like, does she appreciate it? She you got uh, big doc energy. <laughs> she's the same way. So then, like from that oh. doc, we put together a schedule when we got there. Wow! And then there was like an argument of like, do we put the days in columns or rows or right? God. Oh my god. Respect. And then hourly, what we're doing. Hourly? Or nap time. I mean, it was just like before nap, after nap is essentially. But do you follow it? We followed it pretty closely, yeah. Wow. Otherwise, we're just stuck in the Airbnb with the kids. And well, that's. No, you can go. To- <laughs> you have options. No, like- <laughs> either follow this Excel doc to the no. hour. Because I've never done an Excel doc in my life and we don't get stuck in the Airbnb. We go, what do you feel like doing? Let's go to the whatever and let's eat. Well, yeah, but then we feel like we're missing out on things and there was a whole list of things we wanted to do. It's great. Places we wanted to I go that needed like that. reservations. And What was the favorite thing you ate? So hungry. Um, so hungry. This place, Pancita. 
What'd you get? Go further. Yeah, I want to know the dish. We had good. We had really good tacos and the food there. I'd like to do a food tour. We're gonna put together the Rob food tour. We're gonna do. Yeah, I would. I want to live like that. I just don't. You should develop like an app. Ooh, that's so smart. You know? You really and should. And it's like, you have to be like invited and like, it's more like exclusive. And if you get in. The and Raya get of the food Rob, app. <laughs> the Rob, the Raba. You have yeah. to know someone. The problem is they have to be updated like fairly frequent. And you can't travel that much to yeah. explore. Well, whatever. We can figure it out. Back oh, burner. yeah, because we're going to do it. We're going to figure that <laughs> one out. We're going to figure yeah. that one out. Yeah. Rachel's got this. I got Rachel's this. Rachel's got this. <laughs> you know what I got? What? Orthopedic sneakers. So are they actually <laughs> technically well, orthopedic or are they no, just they're not. But really they're, comfortable sneakers? They're, they're recommended for like orthopedic For old use. people. You guys, I'm, I'm obsessed though. <laughs> I don't know if you know, they're hokas. You've heard of hokas. Do you work for them? No, but I am a huge advocate because I am walking on clouds. Is it making your foot better? <sighs> um. It's more comfortable to walk. So I've had a foot. I don't know if I talked about this before, did yeah, I? you did. Okay, so it's still going on. It's been at least like a month and a half now probably. I did finally go see someone and they think it could be a cyst <laughs> in my foot. How is that? I don't know. It's bizarre. Anyway, I'm going to a podiatrist this week. So don't worry, everybody. She'll keep us Next updated. week, I will keep you posted. <laughs> but huh. I kind of am loving just wearing... My old lady sneakers. They're really cute. They're and actually cute, right? Jeff just got a pair. They're not platform like that, but he got a pair <laughs> of the running sneakers. shoes. I was trying to convince like people to get these and if they're runners. And certain people I was talking to were like, no, that's all you. Because I think the the plat, like the many layers. They don't have to be platforms. No, I know. They Jeff come in many running. different ways. And when we went to the store, I was like, you're not buying those. <laughs> what are those? They're cool, you guys. And that's what everybody that worked there was saying. They're like, those are the single best running shoes. Yeah. I know. We're not getting paid for this. We're not getting paid for this. And I'm trying to convince people like they need to convert. But it's okay. We'll get there. It was like you getting caught out uh, Christmas shopping in your Crocs. Listen. Yeah, but that's I'm cute. a huge Croc advocate yeah, too. I know. I don't give a th- You like your big comfy I love shoes. Crocs. I like to be comfortable, you guys. I remember, I will give you credit. You've been like this with shoes since before. Like we were like 19 years old. Yeah. And I swear to God, you started wearing Uggs. Oh. Way before anyone was wearing them. Ironically. No, she was, they were com- my feet no, were warm and comfortable. Yeah, you would wear Uggs, and I'm being like, "Do people do that? Is that like a thing?" And then it became a huge sensation. Uggs did become a huge sensation, but you were ahead of the curve. Thanks. I just like to be comfortable. Yeah. And Hoka's are now part of my fabulous trio. Uggs, I Crocs. I think they're cute. Hoka's. Thanks. It's a cute color, huh? You, you know, want them now. Yep, yeah, I would look. I would probably look silly because my feet are big. Well, you don't have to get the all the platform if that's what you're thinking. But I kind of want you to put them on your foot and walk around. I try to make people try on my shoes, and my feet are so small. Like I'll make guys, like a man, be like, "Hey, you have to feel how comfortable this is," any and it's man? just their toe <laughs> that'll fit. Them? I just any man I meet, I say, "Put my shoe on." <laughs> We're back. How was your holiday? <laughs> yeah. I was in the Great White North. You guys, I went tubing 
on a day where it was 16 degrees outside. Wait a minute. Did you? You oh, would reach those levels in Chicago. Oh, like no 16 is nothing? No. 16? Yeah. Um, 16 degrees. Fahrenheit? Yes. Yeah. What kind of tubing? Snow tubing. Okay. That's what I thought. Not like river like tubing. Uh, that's what I thought because you said it like, can you believe? No, it's just really Can you cold. believe I went sledding? Yeah, it was, it was really like cold. snow. But you know Canada. what's so <laughs> interesting? It was so cold, right? And there you're bundled or whatever. You expect the cold. Here, it was like 40 degrees in the Disgusting. morning. I'm taking her to school and I'm like, I can't take it. Like, it was weird. So I had cold. that sensation too. You it did? was pretty cold in Seattle. Oh. Which I liked it. It was like yeah. 30 to 40 at night. Ooh, yeah. like and then coming back here and when it was cold. Cold, like, was Wait a like, minute. Oh, this is much warmer, but why, I feel, yeah, why do like, I feel so cold? It's like not supposed to be that It's way. never been this cold here. It's, right? No, it, it does this every year. <laughs> so. Guys, you're going to be really excited about something. What? I was Our flying back. Almost here. Oh, is it? I was flying back on the airplane. And like, so now I'll pay attention to like weird little things. Like, you know. I'd be like, oh, I could talk about that. I could talk. I have something to talk about. And usually I'll make a note on my phone because of my memory. And I was in the airport actually. And you know, your public restrooms, like, always, I always put, you know, you always put stuff down on the seat, obviously, to sit, to go to the bathroom. And I was like, this is the biggest pet peeve of mine. What? If you put stuff down, but someone has gotten pee on the seat before you, and you sit down and you can feel the like cold, like We've wet. We've talked from- about this. No, we haven't. Yeah. It gets stuck to your butt. Does it get stuck to your butt? No. Just oh, the this sen- is different. No, not that it gets stuck to your butt. That you're Wait. like, oh my God, is it seeping through and someone's pee is now That's on why I don't me. sit on the seat. Why? You squat. Yes. The women's room has Pee on the seat. That's what I don't because the people that don't sit and squat. Oh, it's yeah, but I'll take toilet paper if I spray. No, I put a toilet seat cover down and then and then squat. Well, that's very considerate of you. See, I appreciate that. Huh? It's also insane. Why is that insane? Why? That's considerate. I don't want to sit on someone's pee. Do you? That's gross. Do you put the seat up every time you pee? No, most men's it's like no. I know, but at home or whatever. At home, yeah. You always. Put it up. Yeah. Right? Do you put it back down? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you put it back down? Yes. You've Does got- Jeff put it back down? Rob, I got to tell you. Respect that. I really like Jeff. Not yeah. only that, you've got good toilets. I love yeah. Oh, he house. has the yeah. fancy <laughs> toilet. He does. Every it's time warm, I'm like, mm, and it flushes for it you. It feels so good. It feels yeah. welcoming. It's the best and- investment I think I've made. I agree. Every yeah. time I go to your house, I'm like, mm. No. So, Briar, <laughs> like, in Canada, there's like that type of toilet and Briar has just discovered how amazing it is. So good. She's like, I'm going to the good toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the good bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I just moved and my toilet seats I know. are freezing. Freezing. But you didn't have heated toilet seats. No, but there's something different. Like Because they- they're like old school like yeah. that. Yeah. That like mm-hmm. whatever they need. Do you guys re- need to have you ever them. sat on like the what? cushion seats? Replace them. I'm gonna, yeah, replace, gonna replace them. You can get get the like they have the bidets that aren't like the full toilet either. Yeah, but does it make heated. you warm? Yeah, they need a heated seat. I think um I need a heated seat. Oh, I, that's sound what's present. the one brand? Oh. Not Toto, but Oh, I don't know. I Tushy, I think maybe. Tushy. I Tushy. think Tushy makes just like really add-ons to regular toilets. Cause 
the Toto I have is the whole toilet. That's the whole toilet. I think I'm going to get that for Briar's her next present. She was so excited. You guys, and I know I've said this before, and while we're on the subject of like peeing in public, I the level of like pee anxiety I get in situations where it won't come out is so frustrating to me. Yeah. Like Briar and I where went on the airplane and she still wants to go together. And <laughs> she's getting big guys. Those airplane yeah, they're are really small. Anyways, and we go in and the, the flight attendant's like, well, go now because there's going to be turbulence, right? I'm like, fine. So we go in there and the turbulence starts. And I'm like, oh, you know, fuck. I, we got to pee quick so we can get back because they're like, everyone buckle, blah, blah, blah. So that anxiety, I was like, oh my God, like my pee is not coming out. Yeah. It's like that anxiety. What? It pee anxiety. I don't Can you have, relate? No. What? Am I the only one? Seems like when you're by yourself know. and especially in like a solo bathroom. No, Brian no, and I were in it's the not when she's bathroom. by herself. It's like no, it's pressure. only if there's someone waiting to use it, right? Uh, or you know, instances like that. It's not as easy to pee. You've always had that though. Always. Like I, I could tell. Like relate. I would get like overprotective of who would go to the bathroom with us because I knew if certain people came in in the bathroom with us, you pee. wouldn't be able to pee. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, You're like a weird dog. I'd be like, don't <laughs> come in with us. She's not going to be able to pee. Want <laughs> to be able to pee? It's and true. I cared. You did. You I'd were be concerned like, about my peeling. I'd be like, don't let Genevieve <laughs> in. Like, Rachel won't be able to pee, and then we're going to have what to come back. What is that? Oh, that's so weird. I feel like it's also like, <laughs> what? You know what it is? What? What were you going to say? I remember this one time. <laughs> oh, no. Leah's sister, Sophia, mm-hmm. we went into a bathroom. We were like at Hotel Cafe and we all, girls go to the bathroom together, yeah. you know, like we all like piled in the bathroom and she was like trying to pee and then she kicked out one of the girls. <laughs> That's amazing. It was like Bridget or something. Like, she I was like, I'm pee. so sorry, but like, can I ask you to leave? <laughs> Rachel can't pee. It wasn't me. It was no, Sophia. No, her. But That's she, amazing that she yeah, could advocate she, for herself in that way. Oh, it wasn't Bridget, but we did go pee under a bridge in Santa Monica with Bridget. Bridget will pee anywhere, anytime. Yeah. I've never seen anyone able to pop a squat like that. That's a yeah. friend of ours. I will say, though, I think <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> Do it. I think the most level of comfort in a relationship. <laughs> If you're like, come come pee with me. Like if you can pee in with front of your partner. With a other? Yeah. Like you feel safe and can pee. Come pee with. you? And like, where are you Or like you're with? out in public and you're like, I don't want to, will you come with me? Like if you can't To the women's that. room? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not like a, I'm, my point more being, or even in the house. She's saying like, when you get to the point where you feel comfortable enough to be like. Yeah, like I can, can pee, pee in front of I this person. I can pee in front of you. I feel I like that's love. in front of anyone. I can pee in front of anyone. I know you can, but for me, I feel like that's yeah, love. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> I can pee in front of you. I would never do anything else though. You'd never go number two in front of Jack. Never. Never. I don't, I don't understand that. Like I relationships don't. were like, yeah, the door's open and I'm, I know oh, you guys you were don't. saying, you don't understand people that can't. What? No. That can't that poop can't in front of their partner. <laughs> no. No. I cannot do that. No, I cannot do that. I've like, never literally, even, I don't even. No, you I don't even toot in front of never. Jeff. No. We said toot. <laughs> <laughs> No. No. I'm. Right, we're I on the same like, page here. I yeah, like I know if you, you are. Sitting there with the door open, taking a poop, like, yeah. 
There's just you're too comfortable. It's, it's too like comfortable. Too comfortable. It's too comfortable. No. Yeah. And like if Jeff will fart, yeah, because guys yeah. seem to be They're a little more bit open. more comfortable than women. Some. I just right? remind him that he won't get sex. What? You say if you fart, I will not have sex with you. I say that's not sexy. Oh. And if you want that. Talking to him like a little kid. Yeah. You can't do that. Mama doesn't find that sexy. If you want that. No, no. No. <laughs> if you want that, no, no. I would never. What do you call talk like a that? vagina? Oh, yeah. Great question. Uh-huh. It's a vagina. Vagina? Yeah. Like even like sexy talk, you would be oh, like. Oh, Natalie, I, I want your vagina. <laughs> I, don't, I don't say that, so. <laughs> It's so good. So if if Calvin, okay, I guess it's different because you don't have daughters. I'm gonna call it pussy in front of Calvin. <laughs> no. What if they? What if you did? Oh my god! I was traumatized. Traumatized. Has your bro- brother made you watch porn when you were no, four? <laughs> Rachel? <laughs> that's deep trauma. No. um, like second grade or something, first or second mm. grade, we were reading the book James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. And it there was like a big peach. And it, the kid next to me, I can't even say it. He you said, have to. He said, I bet that's what your P in word second looks grade, like. He said pussy. Yes. In second grade. That's why I've always hated that if word. I whisper it for some that's reason. That's why I've. That's why I've always hated that word because him saying that a to me. Second grader? Second grade. He said, I bet that's what your looks like. And I remember being the like, things that come out of these traumatized by that. Like I hated that word ever since and like kind of felt so you've weird never about used peaches. it like in sex talk. I've, or... I'm over it now. Oh, I'm okay. over it now. You're like, no, I say it all the time. <laughs> I say it. <laughs> On the daily. I can say it now, but like saying it in that context still makes me feel weird. Right. Because it was gross and traumatizing. It's weird what kids cling on to. Like a yeah. like a month or two ago, I think I texted you guys this. I went to the Arts District, Maru, and I took Calvin. Yeah. And we had to park uh, by the playpen, mm-hmm. which is a strip club. Oh, right. Oh. And Calvin is like, what? Because the logo is like a naked woman. Yeah. And he's like, what is that? And I was, <laughs> I told him, I was like, I don't, it's where people dance naked. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, like my friend at school's mom's parties that she has. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, we didn't really get into it too much because he didn't know how to explain it. <laughs> but now he brings up naked dance parties yeah. at school, like to the oh. other kids. Oh, no. Yeah. So now I think all, the parents probably think we're the ones having these naked, naked dance, <laughs> dance parties. Naked dance parties. Could you imagine showing up to Rob's with him and Natalie just <laughs> open the door butt naked for a naked dance party? Here's the thing. To it's, a kid, though, that probably it. sounds fun. Because my kids have, you know, like that sounds fun to a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like in their party? mind, it's like, he, oh. But like, he knows yeah. it's inappropriate because he called oh, he it like so. a, like sort of a bathroom word, but not really. What's what does that mean? Bathroom, bathroom words, what they, um, at his preschool, you weren't allowed to say bathroom words. So like pee or poop. What? Or, so what would you say? It 
It, you can say it if you have to go to the bathroom. You don't say it at the dinner table. Oh, okay. You don't say <laughs> I like, thought you meant they were allowed to use that if they had to go to the bathroom. No, no, no. no. Like, but they can't they say, say like penis and things like that because those are bathroom words. That's how they mm. like <sighs> associated my kids inappropriate kids. words that they're not supposed to say. Got it. So he like gets that it isn't something he's supposed to talk about, but it's just like stuck with him and he won't stop talking about. I love that. These naked parties. Naked dance parties. We know what you guys were up to on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Oh, my parents just having a naked dance party. Oh, I thought you were saying your parents. No, no, I'm sure they did. But no. (laughs) If anyone would have, it would have been them and your mom. Oh, my mom. Talk about, talk about her and my stepdad door open policy. So, of uh, you know, what nothing, did you everything guys, flies there? What did you guys do for New Year's? Where was I? Did you, you make were in it? Canada? Oh yeah, I was in Canada. Briar threw like a whole party. She was so into it. It was really cute. Just for <laughs> for herself. For herself. No. Oh, for the for family. family. Yeah. Oh, okay, got she it. Got really into it. It was really cute. Hmm. What'd you guys do? Went to sleep. This was like day six oh. of our trip, so we were you were up there exhausted. Still, and you yeah, went to sleep, yeah. and we went to bed at like ten. Did you do the countdown like fake for the kids? Nope. We did all the countdowns. They were up till midnight. Uh, no, I mean like, would they? Elliot was. We went to our friend Matt's house and oh, just you went, like, oh, yeah, we were just were like out. cozy. He made tacos, that kind of thing. But we did the countdowns of like. New York. New York. And then we did... Chicago. Chicago. Exactly. I don't love New Year's Eve. Do you? No. I mean, were you going to get a sitter and ask someone to babysit and ruin their New Year's Eve? We found a sitter in Seattle that we used a couple nights. That was great. But I felt rude asking her to come on New Year's Eve. I think it depends on their age. You know? She was like 30. Yeah, she she probably wants to do something. Yeah, not sleep but if they're on the couch of our older. Airbnb. Calvin got to see his favorite band again in Seattle. Oh my god, <laughs> you guys love them. Who'd you see? We saw the Head in the Heart. I just wanted you to say. Yeah. Oh, I get scared sometimes. <laughs> well, I know who you winter. went to dinner with. I didn't know you went to their show. Actually, I know you well, sent us a picture, stayed, but I. That's why we stayed so long because she was like, we're. Playing the Winter uh, Classic hockey game, which I'm all about. Oh, yeah. Math. Oh, that's yeah. fun. At the baseball stadium. Who was playing? Uh, it was the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. What's the Seattle hockey team's name? The Kraken. Kraken? They're new. They're like I was gonna two say, or three seasons old. Yeah, I've never even mm. heard that. Kraken? Like, what's Kraken? Or like, Kraken, Kraken shell crabs? Like the sea creature. Yeah. What's Wait, wait hold on. What's Kraken is not... <laughs> That's a thing. No, I know, but that's not oh. about the sea creature. No, no, those are two separate things. Yeah, yeah, the sea creature called a kraken. Yeah, what is it? It's like a big octopus crustacean thing. Oh, yeah. I don't. Have you ever heard of a kraken? Nope. Octopus? Nope. At least nope. the kraken. Nope. No, I can't nope. say that I've heard of this kraken nope. octopus nope. before, and I feel like I know crustacean. That's not a crustacean. Oh. I don't. I think it's I mean, like a mythological. Life. Oh, I don't know about. if crackens are real. I know crustacean. Just, oh, me? I know, I know crustacean. Me? I know crustacean. That's not why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too much caffeine, no food. <laughs> I wish. Let me catch it. Too much caffeine? Yeah, I want to catch I a buzz. so early. I'm so tired. I don't like it. 
I slept in the basement last night. Why? Why? Were you got in a fight? No, no, no. The dog has a hot spot. And Natalie <laughs> was insisting on letting the dog sleep in our room. She was? And she you was. won't sleep in the bed if the no, because because she's itching all night? The, the night before I did, and she was licking and itching. And, and noise. I didn't sleep. Oh, at God. all. And I was here's like, an, I'm not, okay. the dog's in here. I'm not going to be in here. Here's the thing. Can you not sleep if it's not like silent and completely dark? We were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. If there was like a white noise machine, that would have been fine. I have to sleep with that every night. You sleep with white noise every, every night? Every night. Because Jeff snores. Oh. So now I had to, I've had to start wearing earplugs. That's it's not comfortable. I can't stand no. them. Mm-mm. I don't I like know. them. That's see, that's a big issue. Like, oh I my god, have, it's such a big it would issue. Be really I'm tired hard for me to have a partner that snored. Sleeping in Seattle though, because yeah. it was raining every morning, Ooh, yeah. was yeah. like Cozy. pretty trippy. Of like, I normally can't sleep past like you seven seven thirty. Yeah, we slept in yeah. accidentally till like eight thirty. <gasps> uh, see, to me that sounds like times. heaven. I couldn't tell you the last time I did that. Mm-mm. But it because it wasn't sunny and you couldn't like look at the window and see what time it was. Yeah, we just kept sleeping because That's it was rainy. That's amazing. That's like a Vegas casino. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No idea what time it is. Yep. I I cannot. I have the hardest time with light. Falling sleeping asleep. with light. With oh, light. with light. I used to fall asleep with the TV on like all the no, time. No, I don't do that. Yeah. So now I don't. It's really hard for me. Or if I fall asleep and it's still on, it'll just keep waking me up. I can't sleep with the TV on anymore. Huh? Sleep timer on the TV. You're so smart. I can't fall asleep with it anymore. I can't sleep I mean, I can fall asleep when it's on. But like, not asleep asleep. Not asleep asleep, but you put it on and I'll fall asleep. But then I wake up and it's the really, it's the snoring. I'm losing my mind. The snoring is really a thing. I'm trying to get him to sleep in another room, but now my brother's in our guest room. So you don't have that option. No. Well, if the boys are in your bed, put Jeff in the boys' bed. I do sometimes. Yeah. You pick him up in the middle of the night when he's sleeping and put him in his bed. I asked him to move over the other night, like to roll to your side. And he went, no. (laughs) I was like, dude, I can't sleep. Uh Uh-uh. That's it like, sucks. it's like a new partner and you like start sleeping over, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, you're like, oh my, it's like boomerang in the feet. Like if you lift the sheets and like the What's feet that? are good, you know, oh, I'm oh, dating in, myself. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, the yeah. The Eddie Murphy yeah. movie, yeah. Boomerang, right? Do you know this? No. Yeah. Right? Isn't yeah. it a thing in that movie Maybe. where he's like obsessed with feet and like if she has pretty feet or something? I don't remember. It's something like that. So anyway, that was a failed metaphor. Um, or. Is it a metaphor or is it a... An example. I don't know my example. I don't even have words right now. (laughs) I'm not human. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, Rob. (laughs) Cut me out of this one. (laughs) But yeah, that's like, it's just a point is, it's a big deal to discover, is this person a snorer? Because that would be very Well, what do you do if they are? Break up with them. I am not with them anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't actually encountered a severe snoring problem. Oh, really? Ever? A, I don't know that I've ever been in a relationship with a severe snoring problem. Yeah. Did Jeff develop it? Or has he always been a bad snorer? He's always snored. He got a sleep apnea monitor. Does he have sleep we apnea? We just got it. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. 
to see if he had mm-hmm. sleep apnea. He claims no one except for me has ever told him he snores. Well, he I'm doesn't like, believe that he snores. What? He says that about a lot of things. I'm like, <laughs> nobody besides you has ever told me that. And I'm like, what? That doesn't like, not just, make it true. Yeah. I could. Oh, man. That's so hard. It's I really, really hard. I feel like I I'm not, struggling. Yeah. To like be I, in a relationship with him? <laughs> no. The relationship is all right. It's the. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's all right. No, but you're not sleeping. sleeping part. That's yeah. so hard. Yeah. I was lucky. Like the longest, like never, I didn't have that issue. I would have gone crazy. Do you want to go through your partners and just You want to like talk about snoring levels? If they snored or not. I'm just telling you, I've never had a real snore. Okay. I have a question. Having nothing to do with snoring. How would you feel about one of your friends hooking up with one of your exes? Let's say you had a relationship with someone that was great. And we yeah. all like that person a lot. And we would want them around, right? Yeah. We'd want them still in our lives, part of the group. Yeah. And let's say we've got a handful of girls that are single. Mm-hmm. Women. Women. Grown-ass women. Would you be okay with one of your friends dating said person? So I think it's obviously circumstantial and like what the relationship is like between the two that dated but would it matter who the friend is yes oh yeah obviously uh no it wouldn't matter who the friend is i know what you're talking about so i can speak specifically to this it wouldn't matter who the friend is not in that case no it would probably matter who the friend is i think what do you think so, so like, would you be more generous with certain people? Because I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. That's been presented to me. Like, let's say people I've hooked up with in the past, right? I'd be like, oh, yeah. I'd be like, ew, You'd be certain, no, certain so-and-so people. can't hook up with him. But, but if you were single, could. I might you be like, let me. I, I might let you. It's like a generosity of like, you can have him. And you're just saying hook up with or had like a long No, like to, to like Set someone up with. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying anyone you hooked up with. Or are you just drawing this line for. No, I'm saying like a relationship or someone you hooked up with. Yeah, there's certain people I think that you would be more generous with. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. So. Yeah. Because that struck me the other day. I was like, hmm, that person's single and that person's single. I know exactly everyone you're thinking in your head right now. (laughs) And I was like, I wonder how that person would feel, you know? points to me. That person. You'll let Rachel with anyone and then. Yeah. Because I know she would be okay with some people, but I'm curious about others. Interesting. What about you? <laughs> Rob has no like yeah. <laughs> context to like right. compare or think about in that way, right? So it would depend on the person for you. <sighs> you feel more stingy with some people and more generous with others. Yeah, but in this exact thing you're talking about, yeah. I really am thinking about it. Yeah. Because, you know, I will say it's hard. Our group of friends is so 
close. Like we've got a lot of people for so many years. So many years. And it becomes like a family. So like if you date in to that family, you get close with all these people and then you have to say goodbye to that person when they break up. And that kind of sucks for everyone, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. Right? Yes. And I'm like, can't we just move pieces around on the (laughs) chessboard? Can do a relationship uh, question. Okay. You know who I'm talking yeah. about? I'm really thinking about it. Because I thought, I was like, hmm. Yeah. Right. Because I know. But I don't think he would. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you? Like Right. No. I don't know. No, probably not. Iffy. On the fancy. Yeah. Relationship question, Rob. All right. Let's do it. All right. Me and my girlfriend got together three years ago in college and moved in together eight months ago. Talking about her family, her biological father died in a car accident when she was just two years old. Four years later, her mother remarried a man who has a one-year-old son younger than my girlfriend. She has a great relationship with her stepfather and is especially close to her stepbrother because they were both little children when they met and have grown up together. She's very affectionate with him and vice versa, and I always found it quite endearing before we moved in together. He works closely to where we live and visits our apartment usually once a month. When he comes, I've noticed unusual physical intimacy between them, like extended, very tight hugs, hand-holding, cuddling on the sofa when watching TV, and I found it quite uncomfortable. Pause. Pause. Hold on. Stepbrother. Her stepbrother. But they were her? Yeah, she was two and he was one when they met. Got together. Mm -hmm. But the girl and the stepbrother are the boyfriend is uncomfortable with the relationship of the It's like that episode of Friends. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Last night we were just casually talking about about various things when the topic turned to families. I said to her that it's great that she has such a wonderful relationship with her stepfather and brother, despite not being biologically related. She laughed and said that she and her brother has taken enough advantage of the fact they are not biological siblings. I was very weirded out by this conversation and asked her to explain. She said that they used to fool around a lot. Then caught herself mid-sentence and seemed to realize what she said. She immediately changed the subject and went down saying that she forgot to do laundry. I did not talk anything else and went to sleep. Today she was acting normally, went to her job working from home, but can't focus at all considering how strange last night's talk was. Um, That's weird. (laughs) Would they have had any illicit relations? I really want to be wrong in this, but how would I talk to her about this without making it all sound disgusting? It's creepy. Are they still step-siblings? Are the parents still married? Well, no. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really change much. That doesn't change Well, it depends. Like, if they got divorced, I don't know, you know, 20 years ago. Well, morally, there's technically. (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing. Let's let's break this down, okay? So, if just because two people grow up in the same house, right? Like, let's say we had a commune and my son and your daughter were friends from the time they were in our tummies and around each other since babies. And then when they grew up, they ended up hooking up. There would be nothing weird about that. Right. Right. But because 
the parents are married. That from a like government it. convention. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, at first, I'm like, that's so creepy and weird and all of that. But if you sit with it and think about it, but is it right? Because they're like forced brother and sister, but right. they're not actually related. Right. So I'm confused. Yeah, I think your instant reaction, just as a society in the world, you're like, oh my God. But then when you actually think about it. Yeah, biologically, there's nothing right. linking them. Obviously, I mean, she didn't think it was weird to say to her boyfriend, like, oh, I mean, we fooled around. Yeah, you just uh, hook up with my brother, whatever. I mean, I think the bigger concern is that she's still that comfortable around him while in a relationship with Right. Like the boyfriends. Yeah. Well, that is the part that needs to be discussed is the boundaries of like, regardless of what happened in the past, this is a boundary I have in a current relationship where your guys' physical intimacy makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Snuggling with an ex that isn't your stepbrother. I would say snuggling. If I walked in and saw Jeff snuggling (laughs) on the couch with anyone... (laughs) I would be wigged out, especially his David sister. And like- <laughs> <laughs> you like came home. That would be the what, most. Well, what would you do? Traumatizing experience of my life. <laughs> I'm just picturing it. Just and then he just casually said that they used to hook up. No. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I mean, she clearly understands that it's going to be taken to be weird. Yeah, because it's taboo. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if you really break it down, it's like, what is so weird about that? To me, it's probably a little weird because they were probably really young. That's the part that's like, ooh. Yeah, like how old? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is different living in a commune and not living in a commune. They grew up in a home together. Yeah. And had a sibling relationship. And they were in the same house around the same age, and kids go through curiosity, whatever. A hundred percent. So I don't know. But it's weird. Their relationship, though, as siblings, even though they're not biological, it'd be the same as you and David. No, it's not. What? Because we're biological. But their relationship growing up is the same. It's disgusting. I know, but it it doesn't change. I'm saying. Wait, we just took a weird turn. <laughs> I'm I'm saying though, like yeah. in this situation, she was two and he was one. Yeah, that's gross. And they grew up in the same house together. That's the same but as you and your some- brother or you and your brother. But there's like something the f- written in our DNA that makes it like, because I don't know what that is. It's like, if you say that, there's something inside of me that's like, like it's like repulsive yeah right and I think that is our DNA so that we don't procreate so you think it's just instinctually making that happen that there's yeah I do I think there's something I just I think we might have talked about this that there was a brother and sister yeah that the parents were going through a divorce while she was pregnant was twins they gave birth to the babies the father took one child and the mother took another child. And they were like, that's it. Split, splitsies. Okay. Yeah. The kids came together, fell in love, got married, and they are in a relationship. They are biological brother and sister. 
Wait, what? I, yes. yeah, yeah. My point was more though that the biological aspect isn't necessarily what would, would make it creepy. It's, That's what makes I it mean, creepy. I mean, it's both. It's both. But the fact that you you would have had the same relationship with David whether he had a different dad or not growing up in a household together. But we have the same mom. We have the same DNA. I, I understand that. So, but I'm not defending it. I'm saying though, I don't think her relationship, regardless of it being biological or not, would be any different with her brother. I'm oh the actual oh, relationship. You're actual saying, okay, relationship. Yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. Right. That familiar re- relationship but between siblings. But there is something different. What I'm asking is, I is think it there's something different. And I think it's genetic. It's I purely think. instinctual that's making it repulsive, or yes, yeah. I don't think it's relationship based. It's. I feel like it's like a genetic component that we get an aversion to that because I think it's both. Though, like, I think if they would have adopted David, it wouldn't have like all of a sudden. And you from how old? What's the age difference between the two of you? Seven years. Can okay. we use well, her <laughs> as an example, please? No, I'm, I'm getting four and a half out. years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that... It, What's your difference that, between you and your sister? They're so close in age. Wait, and well, how many years house, between you and your sister? doesn't matter. Uh, tell us, Rob. <laughs> the fact how that many? they're so close in age, and if it was adopted, <laughs> wouldn't have changed that relationship. Yeah, I get it. Similar. I wonder how much that happens. How many though? years, Rob? Like seven. So many. Seven. I wonder no. how much that happens with step siblings. Is it a year and a half? Same as you. It's, oh, it's four. four. You, yeah. you know? Say it again. I wonder how much that happens with step siblings. Yeah. I'm curious. Where it's like they know. grow up together, they're brother and sister, but like I think that there's something. Look I think, at, I think it depends on had, the age that it's happening. Like I think if yeah. you're like kids, in this case, two and one, like they don't know any better that they're not biologically related. I think to them it's the same. But if it's like a 13-year-old and he's got a 16-year-old sister that's coming into the equation, that's going to be different. He could very much be attracted to her. Right. Yeah. So weird. So weird. There's something about biological that's weird. So I know someone who was married, maybe not married. She had a baby with her second cousin mm-hmm. and a few different people in their family are married to their cousins. What? Who? Yeah. Well, I guess, but so the biological thing is the only thing that makes it weird for you? My first instinct was like, gross, that's weird. But then when you think about it, it's like, what's the difference other than growing up in the same home? Then, well, I mean, there's like two big components of it. It's the biological piece and then the like family piece. Because you no, it it's just the, biological. Because to me, it's not just as much about the family piece. Like, let's say, for instance, I have so an, I have another you, brother, yeah. right, that I didn't grow up with, that we met later on in life. It's equally as disgusting to think about because he is my biological brother. To me, it's the biological part. So if they're not biological... Except on it, on first thought, you were repulsed by... On first thought, I was 100% repulsed. What about you? Can we not talk to me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the first thought is just a reaction because you always react. And the reaction is, what? Like, no way. Right? Yeah. 
But like thinking about it more and not knowing the situation. You're like, well, they're not biological. So it's just an interesting topic, I think, to talk about and think about because of our what's ingrained in us and like just reacting to it. I don't know. I don't like this topic. <laughs> yeah, I guess to me, I think biological or not. <laughs> Bless you. If you have a sibling that you've known since you were born, you could still you would still have the same relationship. You would. I don't think the I biological understand that argument of growing up that. as brother and sister. Bless I you. have one of our um, audience members that always writes me. Bless you, Tarina. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I know she always sneezes. Um, here's here's the thing. So it's not just biological. Okay. And here's why. If we were to do a DNA test and we were to find out your brother. weren't actually biological. If your brother wasn't. You wouldn't decide to get married to him. That's (laughs) right. Right. That's a good point. If you found that out, I would still be like, that's the most disgusting thing in the world. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying to. I think it's. The two things. Right. I think the no, biological yeah, thing, there is something instinctually happening, but then there's also that component. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. We did it, guys. We, we did solved it. it. We solved it. Um, All right. Well. Anyways, it was. Uh, okay. That's we a really... good note to end this episode on. <laughs> what note was it? Uh, that she wouldn't decide to marry her brother if she found out that they're not. Oh, my God. That we. I think that was a joint. <laughs> Never. No, my God, you guys. <laughs> Please, I just can't. Like, can we just not? Whoa. Stop. I Why know. does it like it's I so know. gross? Stop. Like, what Stop. is that? Stop. Nope. But you, you Rob like marrying yeah. your sister. How does that feel? All right, let's uh, <laughs> end this one. All right. Thanks, everybody. Shh.